Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 115. Dude, here's my car. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by OnStar. Be prepared for the unexpected. You don't usually get much warning before an emergency happens, and you don't get to go back and make sure you're adequately prepared to deal with it. Thank you, OnStar. Thank you indeed, OnStar. Well, welcome to the show, and I will say right off the top that if I sound differently, I am recording from an actual garage. We've joked before about how our tune-ups, our relap recaps, come from garages. I am actually in a garage now. Because the hurricane, even though it seems like the hurricane kind of missed where I was, like we didn't get a lot of rain, uh, winds knocked Super out my power, here too, and my yeah. power is out for like five days, supposedly. It went out midday Tuesday, just after noon on Tuesday, in the estimated time of return. Sunday at 3 p.m. So super cool. Yeah. Um, so thankfully to the pandemic, my parents have not moved to Texas yet. So I have a nearby locale that I can bunker up at. But basically, I've done nothing because power has been out. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to while I've been uh, living like the, uh, the the rustic days of <laughs> your? Oh, um, I was watching hockey. The mm-hmm. Penguins won Tuesday or Monday night. They play again tonight after we record. Well, shout out sober season, right? Shout out sober season. I was fucking right. I was drinking water and they won. I got my same t-shirt on that I wore last time. I'm ready for it tonight. I'm drinking a lot of water, getting hydrated. I'm like the most hydrated boy on Penguins game nights. I pee like 5,000 times because I'm just guzzling water like I would be drinking. I'm excited. Hopefully that they keep winning and I'll be a very happy guy. Well, so that actually transitions, that translates well into what I want to bring up is that we were on the fence about whether we're going to do the watch along party on Saturday or Sunday, depending if the Pens went to game five, which they still might not, depending on if they win the next two or lose the next two, there might not be a game five or whatever, right? Yeah. But because I don't have power, we are officially going to confirm this Sunday, the 9th, August 9th, as... Hope, I mean, knock on wood, assuming that I have power, our watch-along party watching Fast and Furious number four from 2009 with the fam on Discord. So if you want to join us... Tentative, because you might still not have power. We're being optimistic, but I'm giving you an out. It's giving me an out. It's giving you an out. It's all better. So Sunday, I apologize in advance to the Australian people if you're not able to join. Man, I did not expect to be without power for this long. And this is also giving (laughs) us the penguin, you know, pending penguin, penguin pending out too so yeah uh, officially confirming sunday the 9th at 9 p.m well not officially because you don't know if you're all power or not well yeah i mean as as officially as we can yes that's what i but i will send out uh, via email in the afternoon on sunday if i have power either way we'll send an email either saying yes it's on or no it's not on and we'll just you know do it a later week or something right but yeah sorry for the wishy-washiness but obviously joey couldn't tell god to not have a hurricane so that's what happened I also, in terms of a quick fantasy baseball update, this is now five days old by this point, but I am in first place after one week, which is Ooh, very exciting. Only a seven-week regular season, so that's good. And then two other sort of show-related updates not tied to what I've been doing, but number one, I told you, there is a chance that Patreon shuts down. So yeah. there was a lawsuit that this guy, and I don't remember his name, some alt-right guy who had a Patreon on there, Ugh. that they suspended him for hate speech or for violating their terms of service or whatever. And so he and a bunch of his supporters sued Patreon. And so Patreon, on January 1st of this year, updated the terms of service to basically prevent 
I didn't read verbatim, and I also don't understand the legalese of it all, to prevent basically lawsuits like that. And whatever happened, they lost the lawsuit. So Patreon might have to pay like millions of dollars out to a bunch of different, like it's, it seems like they did a messy thing. Like this guy who, you know, obviously yep. no, nobody yep. likes what, whatever, yep. but yep. like <laughs> Patreon seems to have done something that they shouldn't have done in terms of the, you know, trying to get around this and whatever. There's no word yet that Patreon will go under, but if they do, we'll switch over to something for those of you who want to support us and, you know, have a say in what we do and what we watch. I don't know what that'll be yet. And I hope that Patreon's able to survive this, but just putting that out there, that's kind of news-ish. Not about the Fast and Furious, but about the show. Yeah. And number two, there was another thing. We did not announce we were going to cover this, but there was a 26-episode arc <laughs> of an anime called IGPX, The Immortal Grand Prix. And this is a anime about racing that yes. has Michelle Rodriguez in it. And I'm like, oh my God, well, this is amazing. voice dubbed because it's an yeah, anime. She's voice. Yeah, she's voice. And so I was like, this is amazing. Like, we got to see this because, I mean, it's Cars, it's Letty, it's everything, right? Yep, And I, I just assumed, without having looked, because I just assumed that everything recent, relatively recent, is available, right? Either legally or illegally. Like, we can either stream it somewhere. Like, I assumed it would be on, like, on Prime or, like, on YouTube. some anime channel on YouTube. Prime or YouTube. Yeah. Or, like, if all else fails, we could find it on some, like, weird bootleg website. That's yes. all not happening. The only place we found it, and you found it, yep. is they have 13-episode chunks that they have uploaded to YouTube. They not only sound terrible, like they've altered the sound to not get taken down. Oh, yeah. There is a white, basically, imagine like a sheet on top of it that's like gridded with like dots to not have the video get taken down either. So yep. it's doubly awful. And I was saying to you, like, I'm not a huge fan of anime just because it's a rabbit hole that I have not fallen down, because I think I would, I just don't have the time to get sucked in. The whole point, to me at least, of watching anime is the visuals, and I don't want to stare at this, and you're like, I don't want to hear this No, the audio, the audio was so bad. Like, I found the YouTube clip on my phone, and like, you know, normally like when you play something through your phone speaker, it sounds shitty, but this sounded like really shitty, even through my phone speaker. I was like, you were like, oh man, like, okay, maybe we could watch this. I was like, you should probably click that link on a computer just to see how bad this audio is because it sounded really terrible to me and it is unbearable and like what's weird is that like the visuals like on the smaller the screen is the better the visuals look which is never a good thing because it's like oh boy i'm not gonna watch this like if it was one episode i would make it i would deal with it but not 26 episodes over six and a half hours no so just to say there is an anime out there about cars with letty in it called igpx immortal grand prix that if you're a letty completionist and you somehow didn't know about it it's out there um, so we got a little bit more wiggle room this lap in terms of what we can cover, but I was kind of bummed because I was like knowing nothing about it. We I can't find it anywhere not, either, like, right? Like you, like yeah, we have we have places that we can normally find things that are harder to find, and like they don't, they're not even there. It's like this show doesn't exist. It's wild. Yeah, it's very very strange, and like I think that they just like redubbed it. I think that it was like a Japanese show. And they got Michelle Rodriguez to do the English dubbing for it. That would make sense. I mean, the world will never know, right? We'll just we'll, I don't, we'll live in yeah. mystery. Yeah, it's it was weird, man. Yeah, and like we hadn't announced it, like we didn't have to bring it up. But I, it was a it was a cool thing. That I was like, I was excited to like share whatever it would be, like with you and with the listeners and whatever. Be like, oh, oh yeah. there's this whole other car world that Letty's a part of. And then like, I was like, let me just look because that was the one thing on the list. I'm like, I don't know if we can find this. And also, I was like, should we do the same week? Because like that's a lot to watch and talk about in the week. And I was just like, oh, we don't even have to worry about it because we just can't find it. Yep. Anything else you've been up to extracurricular oh, activity-wise? Rachel and I started Umbrella Academy. 
the Netflix Season two show. was getting rave reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what happened. Like, a lot of my friends were talking about season two, and I was like, you know what? I'll give one episode a shot and just see how I feel about it. Did you watch it? I've not seen it yet. I know it's that it's like Netflix's answer to the X-Men, basically. Yeah, that's fair. So we watched, like, the first episode, and I was like, I'm super hooked into this. So we watched two yesterday, and I'm probably going to blow through that pretty quickly. It's a lot of fun. It's a nice in-between for me where... It's like a drama is interesting, but also not super detail. Or I mean, I don't know, because I'm two episodes in. But it's not like something that I'm like, I feel like I'm missing stuff if I look, look down for a second. You know what I mean? I saw a, uh, a tweet recently that reminded me, not of you, but of a lot of people, where it's like, you know, it's like Netflix, are, are you still watching? Like if you have like the thing on loop, like it'll ask yeah. you after a while, like, are you still watching? Just hit OK. Tell me one thing that happened in the last episode. It's like, come on, Netflix, don't do that to me. He's like, what's the, guy, <laughs> what's the name of the character with the mustache? He's like, you know, I can't answer that question. He's like, stop, put your phone down. Just like Netflix, Netflix knows what you're doing, right? So yeah, it's like it's like, hey, pay attention to me, and you're like, no, dude, like, no. Either way, like, I was, I'm actually watching this show. I'm just saying, like, if I got up to like refill my water, I'm not like, oh, pause, like, I, I can't right. miss th- 36 seconds of this show. I'm looking forward to it. It's on my list. It's pretty high on my list. I want to see it. Like, I remember season one getting like kind of mixed to good reviews that were like, yeah, it's good, but it's not like you don't have to like stop what you're doing and watch it. And then like, but season two, like, people are going nuts for season two. Yeah, and the, also the cool thing is, I, I know um, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance is involved. I don't remember, like, specifically what he's doing, but I know that he's at least in charge of, like, the soundtrack of it. He plays, like, all these great deep cuts that we usually play during, like, the YouTube game. The first two episodes had two songs that I'm like, oh my god, I love these songs. These are songs that we play as, like, deep cuts here that, like, a lot of people were like, I haven't heard this song in years, you know? And it was like, so I like his musical taste. Obviously, he would have, like, pretty good musical taste being a musician in a band that we also enjoy. The score and the the music and the soundtrack are also really good and part of the show. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I'm going to watch that at some point. I mean, no time soon, especially now that I don't have power. Like, I could, exactly. like, you know, I'm not like, I don't want to, like, sound like I'm out camping. Like, yeah, like I'm at my parents' house. They have power, which is wild because like they always lose power, and they have. I'm like, I don't, know, whatever. Uh, I'm just glad that somebody dies. I mean, you offered to let me go up there. I have someone yeah. who's even further from me offered. She's like, you want to if you want to come up to Boston. I was like, she's like, I know this sounds crazy. I was like, well, I appreciate that, but like, yeah, dude, you always got a spot here. You know that. I just want to be like close. Like I know that like it's gonna come back soon. It's just whatever. It is. But anyway, yep. yeah. If you were like, I can't work this. Uh, I forgot that your parents didn't move yet because of COVID. But like, I was like, if you're like trapped there, right. come have power here charge your phone at least so you're yeah, not like, like I had, in there was a couple car. times and I think we might have even referenced it in some regard on here maybe it was a mic podcast again I don't know but there were two weeks when I was like right out of college I think or maybe one in college one after college where we lost power here for a full week, which I was like, oh God. And like, it was in winter, like it was cold and it was snowy and whatever. And like six days into the first one or the second one or whatever, my friend who was down in Virginia was like, oh, you should have just come down here. I was like, yeah, why didn't we, like, why didn't either of us think about like, it's like a seven hour drive is a far drive, but like you go to like a warmer place with power. Yeah, and, like, with I a friend. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, as long as it exists, we have a Patreon page, TooFast2Forever.com. <laughs> Shout out to you, Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. I hope you enjoy him. Spoiler on this episode. Oh. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson. Thank you all so much for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We also have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we got like two and a half emails, essentially. Nick sent a picture in, which okay. 
we know what it is. I see the picture before. I was like, I don't know, because the picture came in first. Because normally, I think the way that, like, email sends, I would imagine pictures come in later. But, like, I got the picture, and I was like, I said to you, I was like, thanks, Nick. Like, all right. And then, like, the actual email <laughs> came in, like, explaining what it was. But okay, uh, I'll get okay, to that in a second. Okay. Yeah. I saw the picture, and I was like, did we reference this at some point? Like, It'll make sense. But first up, from Wes, subject line, too fast, too furious, what up, fam? What up, Wes? It says, wow, that episode was a lot. I can hardly <laughs> keep up with all of Nico's theories and interpretations, but I love them. I don't think you've had anyone on the show who can so quickly switch between pop culture references the way they can, both Nico and Kevin. I know F4 is next, but I can't wait to hear their take on Tokyo Drift and how it fits into the larger story. Same. Joe, Mrs. Wes and I also grew up watching Supermarket Sweep, and somehow none of our friends did. Since they put what? it on Netflix, we've been watching an episode in bed each night. We only have a couple left, and we're getting real sad, so I'm glad to hear there are more on YouTube. Yeah, they're like illegal ripped old ones, and I don't know if Netflix took them down or not, but I mean, at least like a year ago, two years ago, there was some random episodes on YouTube, and I was enjoying those. I remember, and I think we've talked about it on here before, that like when YouTube used to be bad like when youtube was just like 12 videos like it wasn't never, it was never 12 videos but like it, there was like a limited amount and now you can find everything so like now if you couldn't find old supermarket sweeps on youtube i would be surprised you know what i mean but like there was a time for a while where it's just like oh yeah there's nothing really on there yeah but if like netflix like brought it back sometimes like with the copyright stuff and you know what i mean like yeah or like those old shitty movies right like they'll be on youtube that like somebody just like ripped and uploaded and like youtube doesn't care about it until like the things like it's the 10th anniversary of it and then they like shut it all down and our soundtrack, the fucking OST of this, or the, the uh, score. May it yeah. RIP. Just to clarify, I'm pretty sure Bilkins is FBI, which is why he's in L.A. working with the LAPD, and then in Miami working with Customs. They're both joint mm. operations with the FBI, which Nick writes in about, too. So we'll get to that in a second. Makes sense. I love Nico's theory about Tej being Frazier, and I get it, but I think Urkel might have been a better metaphor. And then he says, though, Nico doesn't really know where Tej is going, even though he guessed pretty close, so I get why he went with Frazier. Urkel was also a one, uh, one-off one character who became so beloved and embraced that he eventually became a main character. He's also a super tech genius, which Tej eventually becomes. Ah, the main difference, though, Steve Urkel was never as cool as Tej, at least not never. until he became Stefan Urkel. Yes, Did you know he was right. so popular they went back and put Steve Urkel in cold opens for episodes he didn't even appear in? Can you imagine Vin Diesel telling Universal he wants to go back to F1 and add Tej? Because I can. Yeah, that's really interesting. I thought when, when I started reading that sentence that Wes was going to be like, can you imagine them going back and like, adding Vin to like two and like adding him to two be like oh yeah like I was in Miami what are you talking about I was always in Miami <laughs> that would be so weird that would be like its own fucking movie that like somebody goes back in time and just changes all the pop culture that we know you know like we were talking about like yesterday or whatever but like imagine this like somebody goes back in time and like adds people to these movies and like we're all of a sudden we're watching like too fast and there's oh. like Han in it and you'd be like no there wasn't <laughs> One of the, so when the X-Files came back for seasons 10 and 11, there's this writer for the X-Files, Darren Morgan, and he not only played one of the most iconic villains, like the Monsters of the Week on the show, okay. like in season two, there's this episode called The Host, where he plays like this fluke man, this guy who lives underwater and is just like a gigantic like worm, and he attaches and like kills people, whatever. So he played yeah. this character, and then he also wrote like se- seven episodes, I think, but they're like seven of like everyone's favorite episodes, because they're like super weird and super funny and just really good episodes. Okay. So one of the ones he wrote when he came back was about this guy who was like, I've always been in the X-Files, and they went 
back and like he's superimposed him in like in all these famous scenes even in the opening credits like Mulder and Scully like slow motion open a door and then like he like pops in too like I don't know how they did all this like deep fake work but it's so so funny and so like it's exactly that like it's like yes oh no like you don't remember when I was there on that mission like it's kind of like a clip show episode kind of like a Rick and Morty or something right which is like yes. oh no I was always there or whatever but yeah yes. like I think with deep fake tech you can always put you know they put like Nicolas Cage's face on Harrison Ford's and Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever but like I want to see Nicolas Cage with Harrison Ford in Raiders like I want to have them both like just you know a wild adventure yeah like together. from National from National Treasure yeah but can you imagine like we go back and watch it and we're like no fucking way that happened like how did we not talk about this for seven seven episodes of this show that Han was in too like you know like our whole world could just melt instantly Sorry, I've been thinking about time travel again. Sorry, Wes. He says, that's it for this episode. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Stay furious, Wes. Nick writes in, subject line, say it right, brazzers, 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 LOL. Which, are we saying it wrong? (laughs) I I always thought it was brazzers. I don't know. I don't want to Google the pronunciation of it right now. Just listen to Too Fast, funny again. I want to push the knife in deeper. Joe, too, you were against getting even the logo. I think you said, quote, I don't want a car burning out on me. Just some more shit between family. Yes. I'm, I'm sure I did. I'm positive I did. <laughs> that, that, this does not sound out of character for me. It's just right now, I'm like, this sounds like a great idea. Then he says, talking about sleeping in Memento, and just in movies in general, he says, Letty sleeps in four, in six, Vin and Elena are in bed, and it's Brian true. and Mia are technically sleeping, or at least in bed together, I'm, I'm adding, in one, two. Yeah, that, I guess we get some bed shots, but like, I, I mean, it's boring. Like, nobody really wants to see that anyways. And, oh, you know what? We get the whole wake-up sequence of Hobbs and Shaw, too. Like, when The Rock is cooking oh, yeah. breakfast yep. and stuff. The alarm yeah. clock scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bed, I think, probably, right? There's probably a lot of beds. I think that we probably just, like, cut it out of our brains because it's not very interesting. So it's like, what's right. the matter? Then Nick has an interesting take on our, uh, you know, who who the characters are, what, like, who's Letty and stuff. He says, I think Owen could be Leonard from Memento. He could have had memory loss of some sort falling out of the plane at the end of 6 or in 6. It would clear up why he's not around for most of the movies after 6. I mean, he comes back, obviously, in 8 to save baby Brian, but... Maybe Deckard, Hattie, Helen Mirren all are Leonard because they just forgot that Owen exists in Hobbs and Shaw. Mm, They just don't mention him at all. So they all are mementoing out of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nick says, I like Memento. It was very interesting how they backtracked through it. Dark City, when I first started watching it, I thought it was very weird. I might have to watch it again because after I slept, I picked it up again and it was better. Definitely Ooh. freaked me out how the aliens looked like Slenderman, which is why he sent a pictures of Slenderman. Like uh, Nick, so I get an email. This is to set the scene for the listener. I get an email, and Nick's just like, it's like subject line Slenderman. He puts a picture of Slenderman in there. I'm like, okay, yeah. And I was like, did we talk about Slenderman in some episode? But no, that makes a lot more sense. I said, I don't know if I said it on the episode. Did I say it on the episode when I said that they reminded me of the the vampires from The Strain? You did mention that, yes. But yeah, I can see Slenderman too. That makes sense. I'm listening to. Paranormal podcast plus podcast from Dan Cummins, Time Suck and Scared to Death, and one that Chad Daniels and Cy Amundsen do together, Middle of Somewhere. So he was talking, he was following oh. up to the comedians he was recommending. So he learned about them, I think, from podcasts or maybe yeah, I didn't know Chad Daniels does one, but I mean, it, like I feel like all comedians do podcasts now, right? Yeah. Like it's kind yep, of a, pretty much. Yeah, Billikens could have been reassigned to Miami, or maybe he was originally from Miami and flew out to LA to oversee or expedite that crime because truck driving is governed by federal and state. But really, who knows? So that's kind of going back to what we were saying before with uh, West saying too. With West. Yeah. Yep. If he's FBI, then he's too. He's bigger than that. That kind of makes sense. I I, I can see that. 
I don't think they ever specifically say he's FBI. I don't think they really say who Bilkins and Tanner are. They're just like, they're the cops. We could, I mean, we could go on to the FNF fandom wiki, but like, we got time. We're going to do a Bilkins laugh at some point, right? <laughs> Why waste it? Why, why figure it out? Exactly. I agree. I agree. It's fun to not know things because like, you know, whatever. Then Nick says, it's been fun so far with Nico and Kevo. I even went over to their podcast. HTML is funny and starts with my other fat, uh, my other passion movies, Marvel. Plus Joey got a shout out in it. And I was like, I know that name, LOL. <laughs> That's super cool. There you go. We yeah. can tell them that they got a new, they got a new fan over there too. See? Yeah, That's man. Awesome. Spread the fam around. It works. I love it. Well, anyways, talk to you later. Nick Fast Force out. LOL. Fast Force. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Nick. I'm glad that, and I'm glad that you like the Fast Force too. I can't wait to get through the rest of these movies with those guys. They're like the, they're just a yeah. blast. I mean, you yeah. obviously hear it, but like, it is so much chaos. I'm Joey edits it down. <laughs> Like, it's just a lot of chaos. Those are all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, thank you, Wes. Thank you, Nick, for emailing in. I'm sure we'll be hearing from yeah, Wells you, soon because we haven't heard from him in a little while. But if you have not written it in a while, family at cageclub.me. And if you're shy, you want to write in for the first time, we know you're out there, family at cageclub.me. Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news, big one. Not really related to podcasts, but The Rock and a team of associates yes. bought the XFL. So now the XFL is the official sports and sports league of Too Fast, Too Forever. Yes, it is. I've been a fan my whole life of the Guardians. Guards up. <laughs> Your whole life since uh, it was first revealed like in the middle of last year. That was always like the joke. Uh, we have like a Facebook group that's my friends and I talking about football and we banned all college football talk because like we just we just don't watch college football so we're always like no we don't talk about college it's like just professional football only in here and then like every time the XFL or like the AAF or AAF would be on we would just post like tons of nonsense about it and they'd be like how do you guys talk about this but not college football we're like <laughs> because that's not professional football this is professional football one of the final i think maybe the last like real thing that i did before quarantine began was when kyle and brian had that live podcast double feature up in yonkers new york and yes, we went there and we there. went out to lunch we talked about that but like when his cousin pumpkin showed up with like a guardian's beanie on i was like hell yeah like, I know. People, people spend money on this stuff okay cool dude if the, the xfl was gonna do decent like they weren't doing bad yeah. and the games were good like I was watching them. They were fun to watch. It was like, okay, there's no real football on right now. So, like, the, I'll watch these games. And they would play them, like, early in the day on whatever. And, yeah, fuck it. I was really happy yeah, with it. They got hit hard by pandemic, obviously. But uh, you know, it, it, it'll be back, right? I think they spent $15 million in the league, which feels like a lot of money and also not a lot of money. No, so. that's nothing. But that they, the XFL stopped paying everyone. <laughs> so they have, like, all this outstanding debt as well. They're in a battle right now because like if you buy it even for 15 million you're still like 200 million in debt you get right. what i'm saying so like yep. even if they bought it for like 15 that's really like they're buying it for like 215 and they're like there's some kind of like again legal bullshit that we don't understand that's like they're trying to say like no it was like bankrupt before we bought it we don't have to pay this and they're like no but you have these contracts and like if you own it you have it and any other news that you saw though anything else is happening in the world of fast and furious jason sent us a, a message saying that it's confirmed that they're going to use cgi brian in F9. No, he said archival footage. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. That's what I'm That's sorry. totally different. That's just like old clips that they've used before. Okay, so that makes a lot more sense. And that's very believable. I, I was skeptical that they're going to like try to put him into F9. Using archival footage is like a flashback or something. 
that makes sense, and that will be fine. Whether it's scenes that we've already seen that they're just going to repurpose, or stuff that they cut out that they're going to use, yeah. I don't know. But uh, again, I don't know that I really want him in there. Like, I think it's going to be like a cheap, like if they, again, what we keep saying about everything, if they do it right, it's one thing. If it's just like a cheap ploy, maybe not. But I don't, I think this could go a lot better than some other ways. Like, just to throw him into a scene and, and like Dom being like, remember that time when I met Brian? And then it would just be like a clip from the first one that wasn't in the movie. He'd be like, oh my God, there he is. But like, he looks very young and they all look very young and it's not CGI. He'd be like, okay, that's cool. I wouldn't be mad about that. Joe, it's time for the Ana Lucia Cortez, Leticia Ortiz, Lost for a Minute, season two, episode four, Everybody Hates Hugo, a Hurley episode. It is. By the way, I'm getting a little frustrated here. Why? Because I'm having to watch slowly? Yes! It's very frustrating. And I start to forget what's happening. (laughs) I was binging, not like you, but I was doing one a day, and then I caught up, and I was like, well, okay, gotta gotta stop now. Yeah, it it sucks. Yeah? This was a Hurley episode, which is cool. You didn't really get much more of Hurley. Like, this, the premise of this one is kind of like, they're in the bunker, Hurley's taking role, he's taking inventory of the food sp- supply that's there, right? Because they have food yes, supply. Correct. So everybody's like, go fucking do this. And he goes and gets Rose, which I'm like, sweet, you said you love Rose, we only saw her once love before. Rose. So, like, I'm like, assuming she's not just the lady on the beach once, if you really love her. I mean, spoiler, she's not a huge character, I just love her. And now, the, with that's the fine. reveal in this episode that Bernard is there... We'll yes. get to that. But we'll get to that. Get yeah, like these flashbacks to like when Hurley realized that he hit the lottery, right? It's like the continuation yes. of his mm-hmm. first one. And I'm thinking like the way this episode's playing out, you're gonna see like you know shit start to crumble. He's gonna hit the lottery, and everybody's gonna start asking for money and stuff like that. But no, it's like the day he realizes he hits the lottery, he just like quits his job, hangs out with his friend, nobody else knows, and it ends before it gets to any of the chaos. Like, it doesn't tell you why he's anxious about this. Like, you know why, but it doesn't give you any of that story. It just, like, leads you up to that, like, he pulls into the gas station, and they're like, that's the guy that bought the ticket. And he's like, shit. Like, everything is going to change now. Which is fair. Because we've essentially seen, we've seen his life crumble. In the last episode, you know, we saw his uncle have a stroke and everything. Like, the bad stuff started to happen. This is, like, the last moment of happiness, right? Yes, yes, yes. But I still thought it was going to be, like, the before that type thing. You know what I mean? That seemed like that was, like, natural disaster that happen. Well, what I will actually say, so here's here's another thing, and this kind of goes back to our leftovers conversation, which I was glad to wake up to the conversation that you and Kara had about the leftovers, but like, yes. this is almost sadder in a way, because like when his friend finds out that he's won the lottery, it's like such personal betrayal that is almost more sad than like the crazy stuff that happened. Like, that's all terrible things, but like, just that like, oh no, like I thought I thought we were friends, right? Like, there's like a, there's a deep sadness there, which is like heartbreaking. You mean just like his face, like when he looks into the car, like, dude. Yeah, just like yeah when he just when he realizes that he didn't like he's been spending all this time with him he didn't tell him right that just man yeah i always say if i would hit the lottery i'm not telling any of you fuckers you'll get a check for me in the mail and i'm gone not because like i don't like any of my friends just because like i just don't want to deal with that part of it or i was telling rachel like when we were watching this episode i was like i want to give my money to someone that hates me that's a very good financial advisor like they have all rights to every i mean this is sound this is horrible and not a really good idea but like somebody that would just like watch my money but never spend it and never let me spend it and so like anytime my friend would be like hey man like kind of down and out like i need some money i'd be like well we gotta call steve and see what he says and steve would be like get the fuck out of here and just like hang up the phone on him be like sorry man i can't touch it like you know like i want somebody there that's like 
like a guardian of my money to be like that's the person that a says no new york guardian ah <laughs> yeah there is one more bit of hurley is there anything else about hurley you want to say Cause there's one more hurley note that i have but is there anything about the hurley flashbacks that you want to talk about he asked the girl on the date yes so she do you know her do you recognize her yeah she's the girl from wet hot american summer yeah marguerite moreau she's wonderful i love her with the flashbacks it's kind of hard but like i wish she would be I wish she could be a character in the show, right? Because I like her too. The chances of that happening are going to be very slim because it's only a Hurley episode flashback thing. I don't know. Don't say anything. But the things like the flashbacks, like the thing about the flashbacks, like I kind of know the general, like the broad strokes of the things, but I don't really remember because it's like, Who the I think the more are, you, you watch one it, every yeah. seven. like the flashbacks just kind of inform the characters overall. It's not like, I won't spoil anything, but like the flashbacks, like they have different purposes essentially, right? And like this individual story is like, we know that she's not on the island or like whatever. Exactly. I mean, she's not like a main character. She's just yep. there to be like, oh, the girl that Hurley like was never brave enough to ask out and now he asks her out or whatever, right? So yep. I just love her from Wet Hot. Yeah, so I'm glad you, glad, glad you recognized her. Okay, but like to the Letty stuff, right? Yes. Well, actually, what, sorry, one other thing on the island, when Hur- when Hurley in the dream in the beginning is drinking, he's, he like has like his like heavenly, like just going to snack on everything and Jin speaking English and Hurley speaking Korean. When Hurley's drinking milk, there's like the missing child on the side and it's a picture of Walt, which I think is pretty funny. Oh. But it's a dream. Like it's not real, but it's still, it's kind of funny. It's like a nice Yeah, it's like an island dream. Yeah. Touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so now Letty stuff. And there's a lot of Letty in the previously on segment, like a crazy amount of Letty in the previously on segment. But again, she doesn't have much going on in this episode. thing that I like most is she has the gun again. Yep. She's like not really in charge, but she definitely has authority. She's the muscle. Right, yeah. She's again, she's like Mrs. Alpha, essentially. Yeah, that which is very strange, right? Like she's not like playing along. Like she, she has some say. I also really like that she was like very like channeling like silence of the lambs get the fucking ladder like it puts the lotion on its skin and she like throws it into the hole and i was like oh that's awesome we know that michael and jen are up there so hopefully like they do kind of they go with her yeah by the end of it they go with her into this cave Yeah, we have answers by the end but for a while in the episode we're not sure how this all shakes out but by the end we kind of have we don't have answers to answers but we kind of have like we're on the path to answers well, she punches Sawyer. I don't know if you know. Let's not let's not skip over the fact that she clocks Sawyer because he won't drop the rock. Like she takes no shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good part too. Yeah, swing and hit. That's very Letty. I appreciate that. But they like go back and they're like, you know, there's people in the tail and whatever, whatever. Like, how many was there? There's 23 of us. 23 and, like, of them survived. Yep. And then in the cave, there is not 23 people. There's like six. I don't remember the exact number, but there's like six or eight. Like, there's not a lot. And she's like, yeah, we're we're not all. We didn't all make it or whatever, but like, yeah, that's, they've had a way worse success rate than like the main crew. Yeah. Well, they, they're missing their doctor and fucking wilderness man. So they're, True. they're, yep. they're what, it, what is it called? Like, like, what's your like Dungeons and Dragons troop? Like, what's the, like, what's the like party? This party. Really? Yeah. Their party sucks. Like <laughs> they did not pick the right like characters for this party. <laughs> like, well, what I will say without spoiling anything is that I don't think we have his name in here. The guy who looks like their leader is a guy named Mr. Echo and he is great. I love Mr. Echo. I don't know we I don't know we get his name yet. Um uh, but in no. this episode we know Ana Lucia, we meet Libby, who is the blonde woman. Okay, yeah. We also know Bernard and we find out that Bernard is Rose's wife, or Rose's husband. So like we but kinda, we, knew we that. start to get names. She was so cocky about like him being alive. Like I had no doubts in it either. You know what I mean? Yeah, like well, she's, she's like you know she's spiritual man. When old women speak like this with like this utmost confidence in their spirituality, you don't deny it. 
I don't question it. Like, if they're like, no, I had, I had a vision, you fucking do this, I'll do it. Like, I, that, that makes perfect sense to me, so. The revelation that Rose's husband Bernard was white because Rose is black was a secret to everyone, including Rose. So, like, I don't know why, I don't know to what end, that apparently that's a thing that happened. Oh, yeah, because I forgot this is, like, not now, so... Yeah. yeah. Libby, who was played by Cynthia Watros, was originally written to be a character older than her in her 40s or 50s, and they wanted okay. to have Jennifer Jason Lee to play the part. And Jennifer Jason Lee, if you know, she's like one of the stars of no. Fast Times. She's Daisy Domergue in Hateful Eight. She's the late, she's the one woman in Hateful Eight. Okay. Uh, but she was supposed to be there, but instead it went to Cynthia Watros, but who didn't think she had a chance of getting the part, and then she moved her entire family to Hawaii like as soon as she's like, okay, like we're not like no no risk here, like just go, just go, just go. So uh, I think she's great. Cool. Like I love Libby. Libby's great. I also just like generally like how would you have handled the food situation? I think what Hurley does is great. I think it's great. I don't think that's not what I would have thought of, but I think what Hurley does is ultimately the right decision. The scientist in me is like, we can't fucking do this. Like, we can't blow through all this food. Well, yeah, so what he does, so in, through the flashbacks, we find out that, like, basically what you were saying before, that everybody is hitting him up for everything. Everybody knows he's a millionaire. Just like, can I have this? Can I have this? Whatever. Th- th- nobody does that in the episode, though, in the flashback. That's but what I I'm think saying. he knows, or maybe we he don't knows see it or whatever. Happening. But yeah. yeah. We see in this episode, Kate's like, oh, where's shampoo? Thanks, Hurley, the best. And, like, Charlie is like, hey, you have peanut butter. Yeah. Right? And so, like, it's all the things, like, he sees it happening again. He sees, again, the flashbacks serve the purpose of the story, right? What he decides to do is just, like, we're having a feast. We're using all the food, which I think is, on the one hand, like, on the... Well, first he decides to blow it up, but then they stop him. Yeah. (laughs) But the the scientist in you, the uh, OCD planner in me, is like, no, we can make this last. Like, let's not do this. But at the same time, it's like, we've lived on this island for two months or whatever, right? Like, for 45 days or however long it's been, right? We know how to survive. This is only going to lead to bad things. We might as well have, like, a moment of joy, like, a great night, and then, like, continue life. After I thought about it, I was like, I I don't think I could bring myself to do this unless morale got real bad. In a case that morale got real bad, I would have broken it open. But they didn't seem like they were, like, at the end of their line there. I would have waited until people were, like, ready to kill them, like, kill each other. And been like, okay, like we'll just power through the rest of this food, have a good night. And then they like all gorge themselves, like they're gonna vom, dude. Like there's no oh, way yeah, they're 100%. keeping this food down. 100%. You're just eating like sugar yeah. and like peanut butter now, and like all kinds of stuff. Like you're done. And I think it also like na- narratively serves the show better because like they don't have like, well, what do we have? What do we not have? It's just like, okay, we had all this food. It makes sense that there's all this food, all these rations from Dharma, and now it's like cool. Like we don't have to worry about that. Like we don't need to have like it's done. Their yes. Dharma peanut butter. Case it's just closed. Gone. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. The tailies are in a Dharma hatch or like a dharma hub or whatever which i don't think i don't think like yes. on the door there's the dharma logo so they found another it. one yep. of those the only other thing that like, i wanted to make note of in this is that i was wor- i didn't remember like i know the grand idea of where all this happens right but i don't remember the episode to episode stuff and i was worried as the episode began that we were going to drag this out for a while because it seems like okay get the two out of the hole get the third guy out of the hole like like i keep cutting away it's like they're not really oh, moving. Yeah. and then like then like the next time we go it's like okay now we're like we're meeting character names we've been and in this hole for like three episodes now like right. i'm fucking sick of it i agree and with i was you. i was like, worried that like it was going to have another episode or two before we get to the thing that i know is coming but it's like no like we're like we're momentum like by the end we're just like okay cool like we're there anything else you want to talk about with everybody hates hugo nope that was a good one i like the hugo episodes He's a good character. He's he's really enjoyable. I'm frustrated that I I have to only watch them spaced apart because you know I hate that and like I start to forget shit. Oh, that was the other thing I want to say because we're watching them so far apart. Jin's wife, I forget her name, finds the fucking or Claire Sorry. finds the the bottle. 
And I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? Like, they're still alive. Like, why are they so sad about it? And Rachel's like, they don't know that they're alive. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. That we just saw them, not them. And yes. then, like, yeah. yeah. So I was frustrated with myself that I was like, I was like, dude, he washed up on the beach. Like, why? Like, he's back. Like, what well, does like, it matter? Well, and like, what's funny is that, like, we're, we're even watching basically at like twice the speed of what you would have had to wait. Like, you're talking about, like, oh, you yeah. couldn't wait four months between. But, like, we're doing essentially, I mean, not every time, but like two a week, essentially, right? And, like, yeah. it's been a long time since early 2005, late 2005, whatever we're at but uh i don't know how people did it and you didn't even have like the streaming to where like you could like like on demand like you could go back man, it's and, like, all the previously on loss like you just had to like really you know pay attention to that yeah fuck yeah. i hate these previously on shits they drive me nuts like sometimes they'll tell you shit that like you're like okay well now i know what the fuck this episode's about like yeah cool. i wish i wish especially in retrospect like when i'm streaming on hulu like they cut that out like it's just like i don't need that yes you know what i mean like like, Netflix doesn't do that. I mean, there's a different... I, I know that it's made for Netflix, but, like, it's still, like, just, man, cut it out. Just, I know, like, edit it. I, I don't think that Damon Lindelof or whatever would have an Who issue. Would, me, my buddy Luai, and Rachel would always, like, skip the the intro to Breaking Bad because we'd be like, we don't want to know who this episode's about. Because Breaking Bad would do this, too. They'd be like, previously on. And it would yeah. be like, from like, six episodes ago, you'd be like, oh, well, fuck. Like, now we're going to, okay. Like, now I know what yep. this episode's yeah. about. Some shows do that better than others, and I don't remember. There's like one particularly egregious example where it's like, oh, remember this guy from like last season? Well, he's back. It's like, well, like, okay, okay, now, I, like, he's probably going <laughs> to die or whatever, right? Or he's going to kill, you know, just like, yeah, let's relax. Like, I appreciate you wanting to catch me up, but like, have a little faith in me. Yeah. Ugh. Even though you're over there like, well, why did they, who cares about the bottle? It's like, <laughs> whatever. exactly. Whatever. Exactly. So next week we are going to cover two more episodes of Lost. We got dot, 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 and found. I don't remember what it was the first season. I can look it up, but there was another episode in season one where it was like Lost. Dot, like they used the title of the oh. episode as the continuation. So there's Lost and Found. I think they did it like three times. Oh, in translation was season one. Season one, episode 17, Lost in Translation, and there's Lost and Found, there's one later, and we're doing Abandoned 2. So we're doing episode five and six, and then so then... Oh, we're doing five and six because she's not in the next one? No, 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 we're doing one per week, sorry. We're doing okay. one per episode, so we're doing... We're not skipping any, is what I'm saying. Okay. It's like, okay. we're not skipping anything, and then the one after that is the one that I've been saying to look forward to. So two sort of normal ones and like kind of a bigger one. So Okay, cool. Now, the final thing to do before we welcome in our mystery guest that I've already spoiled, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Ooh. is Joe talking about the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 78. A minute I call Brian the Bastard. I like it. Oh, you bastard. You bastard. Mia. Get off of me, Brian! Mia, listen to me! Everything I ever said I felt about you is real. I swear to God, you have to believe me, Mia, but right now this isn't about you and me. Your brother's out there, he's about to pull a job, and we're running out of time. Those truckers, they're not laying down anymore, and you know what? Maybe they'll make it through tonight, but every single law enforcement agency in California's coming down on them. If you don't want anything to happen to your brother, to Letty, to Leon, to Vince, you have to just get in that car with me right now. You have to help me. Mia. You are the only person that can help me right now. Please, Mia. Please help me. In this minute, Brian convinces Mia to help stop or save Dom and the family. Off screen, we don't see her happen, but Mia gives in. Then Brian and Mia drive away from Race Wars. And so, Joe, for the second minute in a row, great narrative minutes bad minute minute for us there's yeah. it's it's all shot focused on their faces 
You can't see anybody in the background in this one, not even a guy lifting a tire. No tires. It's almost perfectly contained, right? This is another one that, like, it almost ended, like, with just, like, the car starting to pull away. I was happy with that, you know, bookending of this one was good. We see another, what I think is 17 fires, 15 in the master shot, and two in a as a camera pans so we'll see about that i think i think it's harder because like there's more reflections like when we talked about it a couple minutes ago whatever it was fire or torch or something but like here it's like is it bouncing off a car i don't know i don't know what's happening and it's also kind of blurry because they're tracking the car they're not like stationary the camera's moving so the only thing i really want to talk about here and i want to dive into it a little bit is when we talked about this scene in particular with nico and kevo a couple episodes ago we were talking about they were like i don't believe it like it's not emotional enough it should have been more we're like well, it's really about Dom and Brian. It's not about Brian and me. It's about Brian and Dom, right? Like, this is yes. the secondary. But it feels like Jordana Brewster is is emoting in the way that she should. Like, she is betrayed. She is hurt. She's scared. I agree. Like, she's yep. nailing it. Brian, I think, does care. So I got two questions for you. Do you think Brian cares about me? I think the answer is probably yes. I think it seems like he more so cares that he doesn't want Dom to get killed, Right? Yeah. And do you think Mia believes Brian when Brian says, No, everything I've said, I mean, like, I do love you, I do care about you, but, like, we gotta do this now? Like, so do you think Mia believes that? And do you think Brian actually believes that too? When Brian says it, he means it in the sense that you're a very pretty girl I would <laughs> like to continue sleeping with. I think that Mia sees that. I think that at the core of it, I don't think even Brian believes that he loves Mia that much. But he does love, or he cares about Dom in a way that he did not expect to. He's in with the family. I don't think that he has marital goals with Mia at this point. It's not like his forever woman, right? He's like, hey, like we had a good thing going on here. We don't need to stop this. And she's like, you just told me you're a cop and trying to arrest my brother. And he's like, but everything I told you was true. And she's like, mm, probably not. And he's like, yeah, I don't think so either. And I think this conversation, I mean, directly, it makes sense that like that conversation that we're going to talk about in a few episodes, again, with Nico and Kevin, with the conversation at four, maybe you're lying to yourself, maybe you're not the good guy pretending to be a bad guy. Like, I think that that kind of starts here. Like, I think that this is the first moment where she's betrayed and she's like, wait, you're not who I thought you were, right? Like, you're you're lying to me. And like, you're lying to yourself. And also, like, what can you believe after that, right? If he lied about something so crucial... You right. have to question everything else that he said right. to you. So yeah. it doesn't even matter if he is, if he does believe that or not. Like she has to question it now because you lied yeah. about something so significant. So yeah, yeah. at least yeah. one part of what you told me was a lie. So where does that stop? Where does that begin? There's a lot of overlap and gray area. Anything else of note that you want to? I mean, again, I don't know what there could be, but anything else you want to point out or talk about in this scene? I think that Jordana Brewster does like a lot of good face acting in this scene. Mm-hmm. Brian is is acting. With how close they show their faces and the shot for shot, like face to face to face to face, he needed to like really sell more facial emotion in this. And his reaction was like anger. His emotion, which is not an emotion, is urgency, right? Like, okay, he's just fair. Like, yep. He's like, we need to go now. Like, I I do care about you or I want to keep sleeping with you, whatever whatever the extent is, right? But like, yes. we need to go now. We can have this conversation. I know you want to talk about this now. We can't talk about this now because Dom might die in like a minute like we need to he go can even now. do like a we, we could talk about this in the car but you need to get in the fucking car we'll talk about this when we get there <laughs> yeah so the trivia question and again like we when i, I watched it the first time i was just like i don't know the question and i was i was thinking i was like i have one that i kind of like and it's, I like it's it. a little nitpicky is the wrong word just what i use all the time but like it's a very specific thing but again there's not a lot going on but which member of the team does brian not mention in his plea for me as help because in the quote he says if you don't want 
anything that happened to your brother, mm-hmm. to Letty, to Leon, to Vince. You just have to get in that car with me right now. You have to help me. Jesse, he doesn't say Jesse, so poor Jesse. I mean, Jesse's maybe not necessarily... I think it's kind of a little bit easier, because Jesse's maybe not always there, or he is. Yeah. Like, we talked about this And before, he also right? got away, kind of. Yeah. He, even, like, he adds a little bit of emphasis on Vince. He's like, you know, even Vince, like, if you want Vince to survive, I mean, like, who... I know that we, I don't care if Vince... But you might care if Vince survives. Like, if you want to save Vince, we got to go now. <laughs> A minute 78, we're up to 87 questions on the Too Fast, Too Forever quiz. I've not seen anybody take the quiz in a while. I think you and I got to take the quiz, not on air, but we're going to do it again soon because we have not taken it in a while. Or maybe maybe we wait because we're not that far from the end. I don't know. But uh, yeah. if you're a patron, the pinned post on our Patreon How many more is, minutes do we have? So there's like 106, but like five of them are going to be credits. So I don't know if we're going to have questions for those. I think we should still talk about it in some regard. Maybe we do that all as one chunk, but then we have the post-credit scene. So we have probably what we're going to cover, maybe 23-ish more. Like this lap we're going to finish. And then we got to go back and we got to do the uh, deleted scenes probably just to, to catalog those, right? And then I prelude agree. and yeah. then onto two. So we're almost there, but we also, you know, it's a while. Like we got a, we got a while to go. Yeah, I think we should, we could probably take it again soon. Maybe this yeah. weekend I'll take it again, see what I get. Yeah. All right, Joe, let's take a break. Let's bring in somebody, mystery guest, to help us find <laughs> our missing twice. car. You already <laughs> said him twice. He's not a mystery guest. brought to you by... what <laughs> <laughs> sweet this episode is brought to you by onstar with stolen vehicle assistance a theft alarm notification can inform you if your car alarm goes off and once it does law enforcement confirms your vehicle has been stolen onstar advisors will utilize gps technology to help authorities locate your vehicle Shout out OnStar. Well, shout out OnStar. You already heard him laugh. I was trying to save the reveal. Maybe I'll cut this out. No, I'm probably not going to. This is a patron pick from Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. It is. We basically... So here's the thing. Nico, <laughs> Nico and Kevo are on every main installment. We apparently have a contract in place with this gentleman to have him on every lap. I thought it was just on every lap, but now it's on every lap on the main installment. And he said that since we are violating that contract that we have to have him on. Because I, I, I said to him, and Joe, you know this to be true, like, I know. There's not enough air in the room for Nico and Kevo and another person. And even though Brian's like so. an unofficial co-host <laughs> of our show, there's not enough time You guys have space. heard the episodes. There's too much chaos, like, alone with that. <laughs> so it's just wild. He amended our contract, I believe. Uh, well, to... we negotiated, but... Continue. We nego- well, no, no. And by we negotiate, you said, okay, then you're going to have me on twice. And I was like, like I'm, okay, I'm a big time player. I don't know what to tell you, but continue. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> so with us today for his first of apparently two contractually obligated appearances this lap <laughs> for his first patron pick, we have Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Hello, Brian. Hello. I'm a patron, so respect me because it'll show your other future patrons how much you love your patrons. So I love it. Thank you for having me here. I have plans in mind for future patrons at future times or current patrons at future times that's it's all percolating we got nothing but time but welcome back to the show <laughs> brian how are things in your life let's do you know let's do a foodie films like 40 minutes of ramp up like, what's going on in life? <laughs> well i'm just gonna be honest i tried to save this for the on-air stuff my cousin this morning was like yo let's grab brunch 
you know, like at 11. Okay. I'm like, sure, why not? That won't take that long. Is this long. pumpkin or different cousin? Pumpkin, my cousin pumpkin. Okay. He lives in my neighborhood. And whoa, bottomless brunch. I'm feeling really good. Watch oh. Dude, my car with a couple of bottomless oh. drinks in me. And I'm ready to record, and we'll just put it that way. So this is why you said before we started recording, you're not going to be very professional because you are brunched up and ready to record. I am brunched up. Oh, I like it. So here's (laughs) what I will will say about Dude, Where's My Car? Because when you picked this movie, Brian, I was upset because I did not want to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I did not hate this. I think it is dumb. And I think oh, it is dumb. wildly problematic in ways that like yes. Honestly, transphobic though, yeah. and homophobic yes. and just misogynistic and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't know that I laughed even a single time, but I didn't hate it. I was just like, this is like, I think because, and I don't love him, but I think Ashton Kutcher has like a likability to him. I was just like, I can spend 80 minutes this way. For, like just yeah, Okay. 100%. I have a startling number of fast connections. Yeah. Ooh, I can't wait I for can't that. I can't believe, and maybe because I was like, I need to, I need something. I know. Like, I need something, but... So, Joe... There's way more than I thought. I don't That's usually task sure. you with this, but please, if people don't know what this movie's about, what is Dude, oh. Where's My Car about? Dude, Where's... <laughs> Dude, Where's My Car is a movie about two stoners yep. that wake up yep. and don't remember the previous night. To retrace their steps, they're like, okay, we're gonna go and figure out what happened last night, um, and they step outside their door they don't know where their car is and that's how the movie goes so isn't it obvious why i picked this for the letty lap i mean it's a it makes a memory thing and a car movie yeah it's perfect yeah twofer twofer yeah (laughs) shibby so i mean right off the bat right off the bat ashton kutcher's character name jesse and i was like holy shit we got a fascination right there Unfortunately, we don't have a Chester. Like, I thought, like, Chester might be tied in somewhere in the Fastiverse. As far as I can tell, it's not. We should have a Chester, though. It feels like a, it feels like a, an early movie, like a first movie kind of name, right? Like a 2000, 2001-ish. Yeah, Chester. Yeah, I agree. Now, did you know that the role of Jesse, played by Ashton Kutcher, at A plus K on Twitter, go give him a follow, Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned for this role. Ooh. Oh, my God. That would have been a we- wildly different movie. <laughs> Seth Rogen auditioned for one of the two roles, did not get it, and Jason Reitman wanted or was asked to direct the film, and he turned it down. So, like, there's a lot of different mo- sliding doors versions of this movie that are out there that, like, could be wildly different. I don't know. Seth Rogen, I could see playing in this, but he's also too much of an actual stoner. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal was in Bubble Boy, right? Like, he did some true, weird true. comedy stuff early in his career. I mean, now he's, like, a serious kind of, like, detective dad in a lot of movies, but... I think yeah. early on, he was just like, I don't know who I am yet. Like, I'm, let me just do a stoner movie. I don't know. And apparently Ashton Kutcher, like, hated this script and then got to the tattoo scene and was like, oh, no, I love this movie. Like, <laughs> up until that point, I love that. he was just like, I don't want to do this. Oh, I can't stop laughing. Okay. To go back in time a little bit, when this movie came out, part yep. of the appeal, a part of why it was so successful, because at the time, maybe not now, I don't know how the ladies feel, but at the time, it was like two hot guys in the lead. Mm. I don't know they're like, translation to today hotness but it was like oh shit it's stifler and that hot guy from that 70s show that's not that bad that makes sense i think ashen kutcher was kind of like heartthrobby for a little bit that makes a lot of sense because like girls love that 70s show and he's obviously like the appeal the sexual appeal in that he's the hottest guy there let's be honest It's Fez yeah. and Eric and him, and it's just like, the other two are not meant to be, like, one's the lead of the show, and one's, like, the wacky next-door neighbor or whatever, basically, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then there's just the hot yeah. guy. So, yeah, like, by default, and also by design, but by default, he's the hot guy in that show. Yeah. 
Unless you're into older dudes, then maybe Red. Why do I know so much about the show? I don't know if I've ever seen the full episode of that 70s show, but I know a lot about it. I know way more about it than I would say. The four the four guys are Ashton Kutcher, uh, Topher Grace. Wilmer Valderrama. Yeah, Will, yeah, him, who I like, but like again, he was imposed as the hot guy in that show. And then uh, the dude who like is in a lot of crime trouble now who... Uh, I can't remember his name. Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson, yeah. Yeah, he played uh, Stephen. He played Hyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if you put those four together, Asin Kutcher is the hottie of that show. And he was. For sure. Before that 70s show, he was just literally a model. He'd never acted in his life. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I don't think he's yeah. a great actor, but I think he's good. I think, like, in this movie... Again, he's likability. Yeah. Like you said. He's for charm. Sure. It's got charm. And I think even, charm. Like, even in this movie, between the two of them, Shulliam Scott is kind of just, like, he gets the, like, the runoff, and, like, everybody is coming to act like he's like it seems like the movie star of this movie like even in this world he's like the hot one he's the one with jennifer garner which i can't believe they got i mean early but like jennifer <laughs> garner wow yes. it's still post alias jennifer garner also we got marla sokolov who brian there's so many high school summer party connections in this movie oh we got God, marla yes. sokolov from sugar and spice as the other oh, twin as charlie right. scott's she girlfriend. was in sugar and spice i totally <laughs> which is like right. i feel like Joe, too, you've mentioned that movie low-key on my podcast so many, so many times. times, right? But yeah, no, exactly. It. This is a movie that's not a high school movie. There's so many high school elements in here and so many like post-high school actors that it makes sense. By the way, this is Ashton Kutcher's fourth film. The three before it were just little tiny cameo things so in this indie is his films. breakout movie absolutely 100 percent. 80 minutes is not long for a movie but 80 minutes when you're when you're watching something that you don't really want to be watching 80 minutes can feel like a long time <laughs> and so i'm just clicking people's names there's probably 25 or 30 like different kind of noteworthy ish characters like there's like the five aliens and all the cult people and like all these different people like they're in, they're just the entire movie is them interacting with people that they had met the night before right and I'm we clicking, meet like, a lot of people for an hour of t- in 20 minutes yeah and like do, the pacing, the pacing works, right? Like there's just like a good it's flow. Fast, yeah. I'm just clicking a bunch of names and like almost all of them, like 10 in a row it felt like were just like, oh, Brian's covered two of the movies that this person's been in. <laughs> just like, every single person in this movie has been in high school movies. I'm like, damn, okay, I see it. It makes a lot of sense, Ben. So Joe, what did you think of it? I mean, you said that you were worried on a previous episode that you used to love this movie, which made you worried that today <laughs> Joe might not love this movie. Because 15-year-old yes. Joe, I think he basically said, was like, not smart when it came to movies. So what do you think about no. watching it this weekend? When this movie came out, mm-hmm. I was a 15-year-old kid smoking pot, right? Or no, no, it came out earlier than that. It came out in 2000. So you were 11 or 12? An 11 or 12-year-old is the same as a 15-year-old smoking pot, right? It's the, the, your comedy <laughs> comedy sense is essentially the same the same thing, right? So like I knew that like at 11 or 12, like me and my friends fucking love this movie watching it again i remembered so much of it like the like the classic lines that we would say from it not even the like dude sweet ones but just like well, like the no and then is just like i can't imagine how many times i've heard that in my life and like again i don't know that i've ever seen this movie but like i've seen or i've heard or whatever i know that yeah. scene inside oh my god 100 percent. that's the funny thing like so uh, you know i went out to brunch i watched it and i was literally sitting on my couch and being like i didn't need to watch this movie no. For some reason, yes, I have not seen this movie since it was on VHS. By the way, it was Same. on a, a light Absolutely. blue VHS. It wasn't on a black VHS. Do you have the back awesome. of the VHS cover to read to us, Brian? <laughs> I could if you wanted me to. I watched it on a baby blue VHS, and that's what it came in at Blockbuster. And I was like, oh my god, I remember 90% of this movie, and I shouldn't. <laughs> I know. It was like unlocked in my brain. Like it was... <laughs> 
like when he when he goes, "This is how blind people shake hands." I was like, "Oh my god!" I totally rem- like we said that so many times. Like we must have worn this out. It comes back to I saw like a meme or something recently back in the day before smartphones. Guys would just sit around and quote Anchorman to each other for hours, and like that's what this like when you're in like high school at your lunch table. Like we would just like play through this movie in our heads over and over and over again. There is a real pressure, I think, as like again on the scale of pressures, this is wildly low but like as a high school dude to like keep up with comedy like i don't watch south park but i watched an entire year of south park just so that like one day a week at lunch i could know what the (laughs) fuck people were talking about and you don't share those kind of stories on high school slumber party the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years (laughs) who learns of some iconic films joey come on (sighs) i mean you know you haven't asked the right questions yet you like give me guess not juicy details so here okay speaking of your podcast Meet Jesse, Ashton Kutcher, TV's That 70s Show, and Chester, Sean William Scott, American Pie. Two dim-witted mm-hmm. yet lovable party animals who wake up one morning with a burning question. Dude, where's my car? Their only clues are a matchbook cover from Kitty Cat Strip Club and a year's supply of pudding in the fridge. <laughs> I wouldn't argue those are the only clues, but continue. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with the underpaid film intern at whatever you know production house made this <laughs> fair, VHS fair. cover. As they retrace their steps, these dudes are in for the ride of their lives, encountering hot alien chicks, dodging killer ostriches, and trying to score, quote, special treats from their ticked-off twin girlfriends. It's an outrageously sweet comedy adventure that's, quote, <laughs> totally entertaining all the way through. Totally, says iFilm. 2001 color, approximately 82 minutes. So Rachel had never seen this movie before today either. Wow. I know. And I was like, how? But then it also makes sense. Whenever she said she had never seen this, and I was like, but no, we are hot chicks. And like, like that was the first, like, that's the first thing I thought of when I thought of this movie. Because I think that that's like one of the best jokes in the fo- in the movie. And it, it still plays and isn't bad now. So did Rachel like this movie or Rachel hate this movie? She giggled at it, like in the only the sense that like I'm watching a movie from 2000, wildly outdated comedy. Yeah. You can bring yeah. you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without nostalgia. So that's what, yeah. She, I don't think that she loved or hated it. She just was like, oh, okay, I saw it now. So Brian, each pit stop this lap each of the 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 not michelle rodriguez movies but each of the memory loss movies we've been trying to figure out like who our letty is like and i was like wondering like are they both our letty because it feels like they're both you know wake up with some kind of amnesia some kind of forgetting so do you think one of them is more letty than the other or are they both kind of letty or is neither of them letty and if there's neither if neither is a letty then is there a letty in this movie jesse and chester are not different to each other like they could be the same person of the same they okay they have small differences i think they're both the letty though because they both are the ones who forget where their car is theoretically if you swapped a plot between jesse and chester would the movie change no they literally date twins who are not the same person or they don't look alike but they literally date twins so if you flip-flopped like angles between the two of them that wouldn't matter it's not like oh i'm i'm the shy straight man i'm like the really you know big guy no it's two guys who might as well be the same person so both are definitely Letty in my mind. They had one character and they had to split them just so that you had like banter <laughs> and it wasn't just like <laughs> internal monologue throughout the movie, right? Like it's the same guy. You just have to have them together as opposed to him just sitting there being like, what did I do last night? Where is my car? It's like to himself. <laughs> yeah, that would be like a memento, you know, hashtag Ooh. things you previously covered kind of yeah. movie, right? Yes. But like when it's exactly. two guys, it's just funny. If it's one guy, it's sad. 
two guys, it's hilarious. <laughs> Joe, what about you? What do you think? Are they both Arletti or is neither Letty? Brian brought up a good point. I would have I would have leaned towards Ashton Kutcher as more of the Letty because he seems to be getting stuff done, and Sean William Scott kind of just like is along for the ride. And I can imagine if Letty was alone in a film, she would take charge, be like leading the way through it. Ashton Kutcher is the one that like had the briefcase. Like he seems like he has more agency, and I can imagine Letty's has more would have more agency in a spinoff movie. So I was thinking kind of them both as Letty, and then I got to a scene where I was like, oh no, I've been watching this movie wrong. So we get to the tattoo scene, and I'm picturing this as the origin story for Hobbs and Locke getting their <laughs> tattoos together. And I was oh. like, oh my god, they are Hobbs and Locke. Not Hobbs and oh. Shaw, Hobbs and Locke. In which case, Ashton Kutcher is The Rock, and Shaw Scott is Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see like wildly different movie, but now I see it, I get it. That makes so much sense, yeah. I like that. I didn't even think about the matching tattoos thing yeah, from Hobbs and Shaw. I was so Letty focused. Lucas, wow. Rebecca, Hobbs. Wait a minute. Mind blown. Time out. Time out of all this. Time out of all the podcasts you've ever done. This is insane. I just realized Hobbs, obviously ancient philosopher. John Locke, also ancient philosopher. Mm-hmm. Did did they name that Ryan Reynolds character after the classic debate of, of Hobbes oh, and Locke philosophy? Even as we go through the Lost episodes, and obviously John Locke and Desmond Hume are named after philosophers, well-known philosophers, we never put together the Locke and Hobbes. Yeah, wow. No. You're right. That's wow. insane. When you said that, I'm like, wait a minute, what are you talking Oh, shit. No, the Ryan Reynolds character. No, 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 no. This is wow. insane, because like, wow. people have classes in college based on Hobbes and Locke, and they're not Fast and Furious characters. So. Well, now Sorry. they are, so I mean... <laughs> now they are. Revise yeah. that curriculum, teach. I feel like we just justified one screenwriter's assistant who put those names together. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Someone finally got it. Fuck yeah, you know. He's like, my philosophy degree is going to come in handy now. <laughs> Love perfect. perfect. Sorry, sorry. So what did you ask? I was saying that I'm, I'm, I, you probably know this because, as you just proved, you are literate and well-read and well-understood yeah. and have a sense of history. Did you know they took this name? Do you know where the name of this movie, like kind of like the premise, not the premise, but like the name of the movie came from? No, I don't. Tell me. One of your boy, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman's movies... Taken dialogue taken from the Big Lebowski when John Goodman and Jeff Bridges leave the bowling alley. Dude, oh. where's your car? Where's my car, dude? He's from the Big Lebowski. So we pointed that out, like Kyle and I, on either when we did the, the first time. The Foodie Film himself. Yeah, the Foodie Film Stand himself. Or the second rewatch. I know we talked about that, but it was not like, oh, they must have taken it from that. It must have been like, haha, that's funny. This is in this too, kind of thing. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. Yeah, so apparently, cool. I don't know what came first the dialogue in. Big Lebowski or the premise for this movie because that's another stoner movie right and like I can see stoners yeah. watching that movie and being like man that's a that's a movie right there and then they forget about it then they watch the Big Lebowski again and they have the same thought and then one of them maybe writes it down and then they make the movie that's insane I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, that's. I love that the Big Lebowski inspired Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> right? Two classic comedies that have never gone out of style. And now it's know. featured on a Fast and Furious podcast somehow. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Fast and Furious, a pizza shop, a pizza delivery is very Streets Closed Pizza Boy or Gallo Pizza. A lot of pizza references early in the Fastiverse. And Joe, I did not recognize yes. him. I don't know that you would, but their boss, Mr. Pizza Coley, had a small part in Midnight Run. So he has a return no. guest, in a sense, to the Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I did not. I did not recognize that. Again, was that, was, that was me Run? clicking on names, just being like, give me, kill, like, kill these aliens. <laughs> 
I love it. Who was he in Midnight Run? Like, where was he? I don't he? know. He's at the bottom of the front page. Like, before you click full cast and crew on IMDb, he's at the bottom of that. So he's, like, first 15 guys. I don't remember there being a ton of black guys in that movie, so... No, I don't either. Probably, so. you know, an 80s movie. Probably not a great part. I did like... His character might be my favorite, because he's just, like, the only one in this movie who's just like, you guys need to stop fucking up. Like, please get your <laughs> shit... He, they're the only one... He's the only person in this movie who, like, wants, like, any accountability from these guys. Everybody's just like, oh, yeah, like, you're the coolest guys. He's the one like, no, please get your act together. And I thought him entering the movie was kind of like a breath of fresh air. I also like the idea that he is Mr. Pizzacoli and he's a black guy, right? Like, that that, that just is, is awesome to Do you to me. think, also, speaking of the name, which I did not think until you just said it because I heard it, pizza, delivery to a classroom, Spicoli, this is <laughs> probably a Fast Times reference, right? Oh, I would say so. I thought that, too, because obviously... This dude's not an Italian man, you know? And they no, give him that's, Italian that's what money. I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so they give him pizza, coli, spicoli. I thought that too. I think you hit the nail on the head, Joey. I will also say, I don't know if either of you caught this, because it was, again, one of those, like, blink and you'll miss it, but because I have the Fast and Furious minute eye, when we go to the pizza shop that they work at, we see the menu for, like, a half a second, and I paused it. The number okay. seven special, the tuna plate. No. Oh. I mean, come on. Come on. No, I totally didn't see that. Just teeing it up here. Just hit, knocking ones out of the park on this one. So, yeah, you're crushing it. So while we're talking, I'm doing like a cross IMDb search of these mm-hmm. films. So far, I'm on the first, The Fast and the Furious, with Dude With My Car. And there's a couple people who are like in both films, but they're really obscure things. So the guy who played the French horn on The Fast and the Furious... Also played the French horn on Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, like so. in the scoring, the soundtrack yes, sort yes. of thing? Interesting. That's an okay. awesome link. Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember his name because I'm off that page already. But Too yes. late. Too soon, <laughs> <Perfect>. Junior. <laughs> I also like, speaking of Fast and Furious movies, and one thing that we pay particular attention to, Joe, we always talk about who gets what? the fuck in the movie. And in the first 10 minutes of this movie, the old lady in the car says something about, like, fucking idiot or whatever, like when she hits Fucking stoners. Star. Yeah. I was like, is this movie rated R? Because like, it's, it's really early to drop that to like, basically use the one that you're allotted. And no. And also, I'm going to call her out here because, Brian, I feel like you've tried on your show and she just shrugs it off. Fuck is not like it's it's not it's, that's, you don't get away like Kate Hudson. Fuck is not an acceptable like I think her, just, like, her family told her that. And like, that's the thing. She's no. preaching like it's gospel that won multiple episodes. Fuck is not a thing. Yes. Fuck. You say fuck, it's not fuck. Don't fuck with the babysitter. It's like, no, Kate, like, what are you talking about? Wait, so what is what is the theory? I don't know this. Tell me. In a movie, in a PG-13 movie, you get one use of the, the word fuck, which we talked about a yep. lot in here. Like, you can yeah, appeal yeah. whatever. But in these 80s movies that Joe or that, that Brian and I covered, so we were on Adventures of Babysitting, and then the other one, I think, was Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Both of them have pretty clearly multiple uses of that word, but Kate's like, no, no, no. They use it once, and then the other ones are just fuck with an O. And Brian and I are like, no, that's not, no. <laughs> just because it sounds a little different to you, like in their Chicago accent or whatever, doesn't yeah. mean that the, the MPA is going to be like, oh, no, you're saying a different word. It's fine. Like, no, like the intention is still there. And I think the rules have probably just changed, right? Like, doesn't that make more sense? Yeah, For sure. They were but, like, oh, no, it just cut down to like one. But if you only definitely get if one. If you're now. in the gospel of Kate Hudson in her, the one article on the internet that has proven her theory, it's like, no, like this is definitively, it's <laughs> a different word. Kate Hudson grew up in a Mormon family. She's clearly not Mormon now. She grew up in that environment, and they used to watch Adventures Maybe Babysitting a lot. And I think they just like told each other, oh, they're not saying fuck, they're saying fuck. But to this day, she still oh. believes. That certain movies say fuck to get around the fuck thing, which does not make any sense. But like the same <laughs> use, sense. the same placement, the same context, like 
it's just they substitute an O for a U, and like suddenly that's okay now with it's the world. Totally fine. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I think Brian's theory makes more sense that they just told her that. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Like she just, I think there's probably a lot more, a lot more layers to that onion, Brian, that you need to peel back and just be like, wait, what is going on in that brain of yours? <laughs> the last fast action I'm gonna do for now, and then Joe, I'll let you do a few, is Ooh, that okay. when Christy Boner, which is that really a name that we're going with? Okay, Christy Swanson plays again <laughs> another high school summer party future, past and future alumni, alumnus. Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself. Christy Swanson plays Christy Boner. The truck that her guys pull up in looks almost exactly identical to the Racer's Edge truck. It's the same kind of like shape, the same kind of body, the same okay. kind of truck bed. It just doesn't say Racer's Edge on the side, but it's a red truck with that low flat bed. I'm like, that's, that could be the Racer's Edge Is truck. it a Ford? Is it the same truck? I'm not Let looking, look Joe. I see red truck, and that's all I write down. Is it even on IMDb? I mean, car IMDb? Which it should be, because the car is like literally in the title. The word car is said 62 times. The car in question is a wow. Renault 5. Let me see. Oh, no, it's here. It's here. I got it. What's the truck that... Yeah, it is. It's the exact... You're right. It's 100% the same truck that Brian drives in... Um, look at Fast really? I'm wow. like, from, nailed it. from way downtown, calling shots, hitting threes, swish. You're crushing it, dude. Yeah, that's 100% the same car. Yep. Joey, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Is Joe 2 a 3 and D guy? Like, is he like, in basketball, we call him 3 and D guys. Like, hits that clutch 3, but then once it's done, plays hardcore defense. So you're like, you know, the other team's not <laughs> playing. Like, is that his importance in this podcast? Is he that kind of guy? No, is Joe, your... Joe is like the 11th man, just like all energy. No, all come on. No, he's he's got a, he's got a vital role. He's the he's the first. The eleventh man does not have a vital role. He's the first one up. He's he's always waving the towel. He's got the Gatorade towel in his hand. He's like he's every time okay. somebody he's he's the one like oh shit like he just made it like I think no I think uh, the, come on he's not eleven. I think he's a three and D guy. He's a three and D guy. When he's on the bench, the three and D guy is waving that towel for sure. But when he's in, he's in the corner for those threes for you to lob that pass, sink that three, and no, when I see him more as like a, a mm, like I think he's a he's a playmate. I don't think he's a shooter. I think he's he sets he like okay. he passes to the corner. I you think, think he's more like a point guard. You think he's yeah, more I like think... setting the plays. I feel like you set the more more of the plays and throw the three pass for him to sink that clutch three. That's why I say that. No, I think I'm more of a three because I'm I'm the effort. I think I'm more the three and D guy like Joe. No, but the three up. and D guy is not the effort. The three and D guy is getting the glory because he's hitting those threes. The point guard's getting the assist for sure, mm, but like yeah, the perspective. Joey, I think you're looking at it from a coach's perspective. I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective. That's okay. the difference between us. I would agree with Brian. I think that Joey is setting it up, and I just get all the glory for like three <laughs> seconds of greatness. Exactly. Like podcast. like Joey's yes. like dribbling it down, dribbling it down. He sees Joe free in the corner, gives him the pass, sinks the three. We're all clapping like yeah, fuck yeah, Joe too, the star of our team. <laughs> You know, as I'm watching basketball now that basketball is back and I watch like the Bucks and like Giannis has like a double double in the first half and like he's got three assists and I see him like feed the ball to like a wide open teammate and they miss a shot, I'm like, guy, you're like you're not helping Giannis get to the triple double by missing open shots. Like, you've got to step up and hit hit the shots. Side note, I know this isn't a basketball podcast, but Giannis is the MVP, not LeBron. He's played thirty minutes a game and has the same stats. So mm. anyway. Continue. Well, also, yeah. he's like 13 years younger than LeBron. Yeah, he's a freak. That's why they call him the Greek freak. He's, yeah, anyway. he's nuts. Joe, what about you? Fast connections. What do you got? I got, still got a bunch more, but I'm going to let you hit us with some. What did you notice? I'm going to get some of the, the ones off the top. Okay. His alias, right, is Smokey McPot. Mm. Little Smokey and the Bandit mm-hmm. reference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though Smokey right. was the bad guy in that movie, but yes. The scene where he like reaches in to get the address from where the car is sold. 
Did that not remind you a lot of Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage when they're trying to get the car from the impound lot there? You're missing a more direct reference. That's a Roman flirting through the plexiglass scene. Also true. Failing in Fast Five. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. That too. Did I have another Gone in 60 Seconds reference? Hold on. While we're on this topic. Oh, no, I had an Italian job. At an Italian job reference. At the very end, again, where the end of the Italian job is like Seth Green with the the speaker so loud he blows the girl's clothes off. Like here, the fact that they make their boobs bigger and just like, oh, like the end of this movie is literally just, oh, so like the resolution, we just objectify women. Okay, with technology, basically. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) cool. Thank you, Italian Alien technology. Yeah. They have a locker, which was very to live and die in LA, right? Isn't that the one with the locker? Or which one did we watch that had a locker in it? It was the getaway. The getaway, yes. The hide the briefcase full of money in the locker situation. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the premise of the movie is that they have to save the universe. And if that's not the most Fast and the Furious plot ever, I don't know what to tell you. Ooh, right? yeah. They're just aliens in this one, but they're saving the universe by doing like the smallest possible things to get there. True. And that's how Fast and the Furious starts. Very true. Ironically, this film deals more with a universe than the Fast and Furious franchise, technically. Cosmically, yes. we are, you know, this is, they got to outer space before the Fast and Furious even began. Um, there was also just like fun like references, like Andy, is it Andy Dick? It is, is Andy Dick, playing? is in there, yep. Yeah. Andy Dick says, I'm from Connecticut, and when they when they say they're sending the alien back, they're saying, they said, we're going to send her to Hoboken, New Jersey. And so I was random. like, oh, that's so funny <laughs> that, like, I'm in Connecticut, and we could send her back to New Jersey, so. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about the Kitty Cat Club, because the gender-challenged male is wildly outdated, but I will say that them tracking down hot money feels kind of like a Braga mission, like they're trying to get some, like, Ooh. hot money, some stolen money, some, like, you know, laundered potentially, or some under-the-table kind of currency or whatever, right? So, Midnight Run? A little bit, a little bit. There is a scene, so there's another cameo in this movie with Fabio, and Fabio That's is it. This also is, Joyce... This is the Fast and the Furious mo- moment, Joyce right? Giro, and this is a little bit homophobic, because it's like, wouldn't it be funny if two dudes made out? Like, how funny would that be? But they pull up to each other at a stoplight, and I'm like, one IPO, here we go. Like, I'm, I'm yep. no longer saying more than you can afford, pal, Ferrari. It's going to be one IPO, here we go. <laughs> 250 grand cash. Brian doesn't know. So that that was a longer scene, the like more than you can afford pal Ferrari. Mm-hmm. He's like more than you can afford asshole Ferrari. One I 250 grand cash. 255,000 all cash. One IPO. Here we go. It's like, oh, that's a terrible version of that scene. <laughs> yes. No wonder why they cut that. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's funny because Asher Kutcher and Charlene and Scott make out and it's homophobic in a way that you're saying, Joey, because like at the time it was like, ha ha, two guys making yep. out. Yeah. Now it's almost like progressive because like it was two yes. actors at the top of their game. Like, you know, we're going to do this for the scene. We're going to like, we're not going to be like, oh, yeah. I'm not refusing to do that. You know, I retroactively think that as problematic as it was at the time is now kind of progressive. Just like you were thinking. I was like, oh, good for them for like doing it because we were just talking about loss. But there's a difference between like taking ownership of it and being like, look, it would be so funny if we grow gross out Fabio by making out and like the the why the reasoning they're doing like I think the act itself yes they're not is grossing out Fabio they're just too dumb to realize no no no, that, no, no, like, <laughs> no but Fabio and his girlfriend make faces and drive off in disgust like the whole point of the scene is like it's gross no 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 I don't think that the point of the scene is for it to be gross I think they're dumb and dumbering it where like they don't understand that like it would it would gross them out they just think that like that's the next progression like if they made out we make out yeah I don't think that they're doing it to like freak them they're just dumb I don't want to rationalize. I mean, they, it's it's it doesn't hold up, and like that's it's less no. problematic. 
problematic than other stuff in this movie, but uh, still yes. not great. No, 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 it doesn't hold up, but in the hindsight, I'm happy they actually did make out. They weren't like, oh, gays, fuck that, you know? Yes, yeah, exactly. We were watching an episode of Lost, and Sawyer won't give Michael CPR, like, as an actor, and I'm like, what did it, like, what did he think was gonna happen? Put his hand like over it, and you can see like in it's like it ruined the scene for me because I was like, oh, he's clearly just like faking giving him CPR instead of just like putting his mouth on him. Why would you make this acting choice? Like, I don't get it. But yes, I agree. I'm glad that they did go for it as actors. Hold on, as patrons, as paying patrons, we can request TV show episodes. Yeah, I've been yeah, I've been pretty won. clear about that. Yeah, anything Good that like know. you know, sort of movie length ish or ab- about. Yeah, we chose Lost because Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. So yeah, so we're we're watching it. May I ask a question? Yeah. What? What's the next character lap? Well, we announced the next three laps, as you know, eight, nine, and ten, and none are about a character. So I don't know. That's so disappointing. So you don't. Have, when's the next? So I ask you the question then. When's the next character lap? It'd be twenty twenty two. I don't. We don't know who it is yet, but it's uh, not going to be next year. Uh, yeah. And, Why? What were you hoping for? As a wrestling fan, you got Luke Hobbs in your uh, in your arsenal. Okay. Woo! I'm gonna so have... you want to watch some some Attitude Era monologues? fucking lootly. Whenever you guys get to Luke Hobbs, Wayne Johnson, and don't postpone it because I'm saying this, I'm going to no, articulate <laughs> and craft a beautiful charcuterie of The Rock and his prime wrestling stuff. I, just I love you know. it. With the DNA of the show being what it is, if we did... Uh, the rock lap for the Vin Diesel lap. I think that like our chance of having Vin Diesel on the show, which is already approaching zero, is like <laughs> yes. actually zero. Like we have to do it. Also, dom- I feel bad to Nate Milton, man, because he he has his own rock podcast and he calls us in for the Fast and Furious ones. We'd have to. Well, yeah, we could. I mean, like we just little... return the favor. We have him on our lap. You know, it's it's, a, it's yeah. different. Oh, for sure. You got to pay patronage to him for exactly. sure. But like, you got to do it. You got claims to it too. This is a franchise that he's a big part of at this point. Brian, I will say, just keep an eye on the feed for later this lap because there's got something something special coming up for you. Not in regards to what you were saying, but something adjacent. So just keep an eye out. Mm. I'm waiting to Too Fast Too Forever goes four times a week, so then you could get the oh. things faster. Well, we, I told oh. I, you know frequent writer-inner and patron of ours, Wes Hampton, he always jokingly complains that episodes aren't long enough, and I'm like, look, if we what? make if we make 180k <laughs> a year on Patreon, uh, we'll quit our jobs and we'll do as much as you want. Like, we'll just, you know, whatever length we'll you want to do. We'll curate them. We told him, we told him we'd cut them to the length of time that he wanted to choose. <laughs> so if he wants two hour and 37 minute podcast, that's what you'll get every day. So like right like, now, yeah. 180k a year is 15,000 a month. And so we're still under $100 a month. So we're almost there is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's close. It's, I have the tr- I have the graph on the wall that's like, you know, like... The, it's like the, the thermometer the and like it's only a little bit yeah, of red. Exactly. Just a tiny little bit of red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just counting down the days. You guys have the most loyal fan base, the coolest fan base. The fan base are so into it that like... Come on, like, you know, get some more of those loyalists and go four times a week. I'm down for it. Perfect. We'll get there. I'm sure we will. Eventually. One, one thing <laughs> about this, the, 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 getting back on track, one thing I love about this movie okay. that I've never seen in another movie is when they're getting interrogated uh, at the police station, they bring in a dummy yes. and they beat the shit out of the dummy, like, to intimidate them. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, like, I didn't laugh still, but I was just like, this is so weird. And I'm like, I appreciate, like, that this movie that is just about, you know, it's a stoner comedy has, like, an original idea in terms of, it's just like, oh, I don't know what's that going on cool. here, but I love that. Joey, can I ask you a question? Yes. What movie are we talking about again? Dude. Where's my car? I'm just joking. <laughs> Where's your car, dude? 
It's one of these movies that, like, you could really have on all day in the background and absorb it and be okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Passively. You would just totally, like, osmo- like you would just get it into your body. Like, you don't have to pay attention at all. It would just, like, absorb into you. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what's happening. I totally get it. The ostriches again. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. I made a note that they realized toward the end of the movie that they've been sucky boyfriends. I'm like, just like Brian is a sucky boyfriend to Mia. Yeah, that's true too. They they realize that they could change, although the, they don't seem to really change. <laughs> they're like, we need to change and be better boyfriends. Because they're like, we need to be better boyfriends. We're shitty because we didn't buy them presents. Not the fact that they spent all night at the strip club, thrashed their house, Apparently fucked Christy Boner at some point, and they're like, no, like, we're only shitty boyfriends because we forgot their anniversary presents, which we think we got, and just left it. Well, if you think about, like, having to date these guys, like, the amount that you have to be, like, they're already infinitely giving and forgivable, right? It feels like if they, if maybe if the one thing, like, to commemorate their relationship, like, that's, you know, a bridge too far. Like, they're forgiving of so much other nonsense just because you have to be going to be dating yes. Jesse and Chester, like, at least I, I can see, like, in a weird, twisted logic, I can see, like, why that'd be maybe a problem. I can't wait to talk about, like, I have a extensive notes about the cult- cultural impact of this film, but it's amazing that, with everything you're saying, how shitty of people and boyfriends there are, I just picture, what year did this movie come out? 2000. Kyle says this a lot, and I laugh at him, but it's the true. The Foodie like, Films Man himself. Yes, Foodie Films Man himself. Pre-9-11 and post-9-11, <laughs> completely different worlds. Yeah. This movie does not come out post-9-11. Yeah, I would, I, that's probably yeah. pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that would make sense. I think so, too. This does yeah. come from like a simpler, idyllic, we don't have like to Like, we won the Cold time. War, let's just do whatever the yeah. fuck we want yeah. kind of point of view. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. <laughs> In a really weird cultural way, I think that you're right. Wow. Dude, yeah. where's my car is the epitome of that, Yeah. <laughs> I will say, in this movie, they learned to speak Japanese in one scene. I was like, they didn't even have to put ketchup on it or nothing. Well, they they exactly. got certificates in it, yeah. Tokyo Drift, yeah, Wabaki. They would know what he's talking about, right? They'd get Wabaki be like, oh shit, we're not wearing proper sandals in the classroom. Let's do that now. Oh, actually, yeah. my, my next note, Brian, is exactly to the whole, like, pre or post 9-11. Like, in this movie, one of the guys, the main one of Christy Boner's boyfriends or... Tommy. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Says to, like, at the end of the movie, when, like, the... the the woman becomes gigantic and sort of like King Kong's her way through the, the whatever. Like, yes. He sees her and says, like, the first question he asks is, spit or swallow? And I'm like, how is that in a God. movie? Like, how is that immortalized oh, on screen forever? <laughs> like, oh my I God. Know. I heard that one this time too, and I was like, Ugh. like, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff like this. Was there one other thing that I wanted to say? At the end, they get neuralized again. We've talked a lot. Joe about the Men in Black neuralizer and wanting the Fast and Furious to cross over with Men in Black. We essentially have yes. a Men in Black neuralizer here, which I thought was pretty yes, cool. Do. The only other note that I made was that I can't believe so like I don't really love this show, but I love it because of what it came from. But like the X Files had a spin-off show called The Lone Gunman. And the Lone Gunman in the world of the X Files are these three kind of like nerdy, dorky dudes who are like super into aliens and they're kind of like Mulder's go to resident experts in terms of all things weird and paranormal and like underground, right? But they're like normal people. Do they know aliens or do they not know aliens? No, but they're just like they're conspiracy theorists. They're just like real weirdos okay. that are just like, you know, like you're not seeing the real science, man. Like, 
like, I had lunch. Like, the first time you see them in the first season, they're like, I had lunch today with the guy who shot JFK. It's like, well, you know, like, just like that kind of like, level, like, oh, I okay. really know what happened on 9-11 or whatever, right? They yeah. had a spinoff in season eight or nine, like, toward the end of the X-Files run, they had a spinoff show called The Lone Gunman. And in that show, I don't remember anything about that show other than this detail, but they have a friend who coaches a blind Little League or, like, Pop Warner football team. And they have, like, a football okay. with, like, a noise in it, and, like, they just have, like, maybe it's not the little kids, but, like, there's a blind football team in that show. And in this movie, there's a blind t-ball team. And I was like, did the lone gunman steal this joke from Dude, Where's My Car? I got so depressed after that. I was just like, man. I don't think so. I think that those things actually exist, but they're not meant to be jokes. They're just, like, an actual But in thing both, they're like, oh, look how stupid this is. Yeah, which is horrifying. So I have two other, some trivia about this, but Joe, do you have any other fast connections? Because I've run out of things to compare. Again, surprised that there are so many connections. The only thing that I, uh, so there's something that I really wanted from this movie that I think that Fast and the Furious should have more of, and that is breakdancing stripper emergencies. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know how we've never gotten a breakdancing stripper emergency in Fast and the Furious, because that sounds like something that's right up Roman's it's alley. It's firmly in Roman's alley. Yep, on the plane, at the birth, like the birthday thing exactly. again. Like the birthday thing had to have happened at the strip club at some point, right? Like, oh, he's doing the yeah. Thing again. Yep. I wish that there was a moment where like Dom calls him and he's like, but Dom, it's a breakdancing stripper emergency, you know? And then like that would just like a little nod to dude, where's my car? And I think that would be awesome. I think that's my last fast connection note that I got it. I got there. All right. So let me do a couple bits of trivia and then I want to hear Brian about your cultural impact. Unless you have any other thoughts, yes. any other notes about the movie itself or connections to the Fastiverse. I don't really have many connections, but yeah. Do your thing and then save it for me. So here's the okay. trivia. So they, they had a sequel <laughs> titled Seriously, Dude, Where's My Car that, that was planned but that was developed too. Yeah. Again, seriously, maybe, dude, where's my car? Again, pre 9/11, post 9/11, 9/11 happens. Like, oh, we can't make this sequel. What are we doing? What do we do with our lives? <laughs> the reason, like, they really were pushing for a sequel was because Ashton Kutcher had blown up once this movie hit like video stores, which is where it got like, really uh... popular. And Charlie Scott too was like really big at the time. Like, oh shit, we have these two guys. Let's do a sequel. It's probably going to make money no matter what we do. So mm-hmm. that's why the sequel was really pushed. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The story apparently came. So the we know where the dialogue came from, where the words came from, was the Big Lebowski. But the story apparently came from a rejected live action late '90s Beavis and Butthead movie concept, which I can't imagine a, re- a live action real life Beavis and Butthead. Oh. That seems like a like an uncanny valley we should not do. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off again, but you're absolutely right with this. Because when I did Beavis and Butthead Do America, one of the original screenplays was based on this. And if you look at the screenplay of Beavis and Butthead Do America, they're out searching for their TV, which got stolen. So it makes so much sense. Uh... That, oh, that's like mind-blown moment, so thank you for mentioning that. Well, you're welcome. The live-action version of Beavis and Butthead could go really, really wrong. That was the original intention of Beavis and Butthead Do America. They wanted to make it a live... It was going to be live-action. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I forgot who the actors were. I'll look it up right now when I get my soliloquy that Joey promised me. That was the original intention, and once they couldn't do that, they just made like a long episode, which is still a good movie. I really enjoyed Beavis and Butthead Do America, but I liked Beavis and Butthead at the time. Yeah, no, the original one, they were really planning for a live action. It was supposed to be... Yes, so I looked it up right now quickly. Somehow they wanted Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade to somehow be Beavis and Butthead. One of the combinations of all those guys. Huh. Okay, I don't know, yeah. Not gonna work. Like, I feel like it has to be, like, teenagers, kind of, right? Like, it can't be, yeah. I don't know. Think about it. They were all much younger than us at the time. But if you think about it, like, at, by that point, Adam Sandler's been in, like, three or four massive movies. Even if he's still, like, 22, 23, 25, you know what I mean? He's, I feel like you need to have, like, like that, that would be the Waterson Award. Or not the Waterson Award, the Cameron Fry <laughs> Award, for sure, right? Like... 
The only thing that I have here is that they ran a four-year consideration Academy Award campaign using the line, dude, where's my Oscar?" car? Not surprisingly, IMDb says, it failed to get nominated. But I like that they they, still, they, 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 they took their shot. You know, a three and D guy all the way. They took their shot. They yeah. missed the shot wildly, but they got back and hustled back and played D. Yeah. All right, Brian. I cede the floor to you. Go, whatever, cultural impact, let's hear about it. Where where do you want to go with this? So I just want to clarify, I did the math really quickly. How old would you guess that Adam Sandler was in the year that Beavis and Bad Do America came out? Was 96? 27. So like, I know that he played Opera Man on SNL in the episode that Nicolas Cage hosted when they had Cage on for Moonstruck, and that was 88. So I figured he was like 68. So he would have been, I'm going to guess 29. Doing the math right now. I think he was born in 68, is my guess. Well, no, mm, I'm going to say born in 67 is what, I, is what I'm guessing. Let's see. Let's see right now. I think you're pretty right, but I'm going to do the math right now. Yes, he's born in 1966. Okay, so I was a year off, but okay, yeah. So that would have been a lot of a weird thing to play, but whatever. How old would he have been at the time in, in 99 then? 90, in 96, he would have been almost 30 years old for playing yeah, essentially so you were around, a high right. school role. And the rest of them are pretty much around the same age. Quickly wanted to mention how Sparks is... In Dude, Where's My Car? He's not too much a name we talk about now, but in the year that this came out, he was a pretty big deal. He was on all those VH1, like, I love the 80s kind of shows. Wrote that down. Queer as Folk, also. He's a star of that show. Cultural Impact, Dude, Where's My Car? It's only going to take literally 30 seconds, but it's amazing how important this film was the year it came out. Every single movie that came out that was a comedy had a reference to Dude, Where's My Car? Watch the trailer for Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. These days considered, and I agree with them, a much better movie than Dude's My Cart, right? The trailer for Harold and Kumar go to White Castle spends at least a third of it referencing Dude Where's My Car to get people to go watch the movie. It's the same director. Obviously he was hot from that, but whatever. Regardless, at the time, Dude Where's My Car had such a cultural impact. If you watch SNLs from that era, if you watch anything from that era that's like comedy, they're referencing this movie. And I, when I watch back and see this movie, I'm like, all right, it's a fun, silly, stupid movie, but like, it's amazing the cultural impact it made. I'd love to do more of a study of like what was going on at that time for people to be like, holy shit, I want to watch this movie. To yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> And, like, it spawns all this other, like, comedy things that you were like, yeah, man, dude, where's my car? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's weird, and you're right. Like, it was everywhere. Like, so many, like, jokes on SNL. I feel like probably, like, commercials, like, Super Bowl-style commercials probably referenced it. Like, I don't have any specific examples, but I feel like I saw it kind of everywhere like that. No, I mean, it permeated the culture in a way that I feel very few other things have. Like, we've talked about movies both on this podcast and ones that I've done with Mike, where it's just like, you don't have to have seen the movie to know and then to know Dude yep. Sweet Shibby, to know just the name of the movie. Like, there are things that just have become bigger than the movie itself. Like, I would imagine that, like, a lot of people who, maybe to your point, sort of from earlier, Brian, it was like, people who maybe think they've seen this movie, but actually haven't. Like, I was saying to you, Joe, like, last episode or whenever we announced this, right? Like, I don't think yeah. that I've seen this movie, but I had seen this movie. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly 100%. what this movie is, yeah. even though I had never sat down for 80 minutes and watched it, because, like, it's just so out there in all ways that it's like, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. If an alien were to come, no, no pun intended here, but. Hot chicks. Yes. Hot chicks. <laughs> if an alien were to come, down and be like oh cultural impact of things be like why was this so impactful <laughs> yeah. because it's just a silly dumb thing i don't think the filmmakers decided oh this is going to change society in the reality i don't know if it changed society but at the time if we're like in 
June of 2000. I don't know. when. when, when do we know exactly what month this came out? Doesn't matter. If we're in some month after it came out, and I went to you and I was like, yo, dude, where's my phone? Everyone would be cracking up at the party. And for no yes. reason. Because it was from this movie. And that's the weirdest thing in the world to me. I oh. love shit like that. It came out on my 13th birthday, December 15th, 2000. I did not see this in theaters. Okay, okay. So really, it's like 2001. It's a Christmas movie, of course. As you can imagine, it's a Christmas movie. I feel like it didn't really hit a stride until it went to, like, Blockbuster. Well, so that's what what Brian said before. Like, this this movie had a $13 million budget. It made $73 million in theaters. That's worldwide. It made, like, 30 or 40 domestic. So it it did all right. Like, it did enough to, like, I guess, get the name recognition. Then I think, to Brian's point from earlier, when people could rent it, that's where it lived. That's where it succeeded. Yes. That's where it thrived. No, they knew what they had in a rental. Like I said, if you rented it from Blockbuster, it was a baby blue copy of of what it like. What when you were growing up, what VHSs were not black? Nickelodeon. Orange. Nickelodeon, that's it. That's it. You're right, 100%. Maybe I think maybe Goosebumps were green. Oh, that something. would make sense. I hope you're right. Yeah, having a different colored VHS was like big shit. Mind-blowing. Brian, do you have any other cultural impact, thoughts Thoughts on cultural impact, or do you want to watch a trailer and play a couple games? You know, we don't need to dive too far into it. I just want your listeners to understand, like, no, when, yeah, when I... this movie came out, it was on the tip of everyone's tongues. Everybody saw it. Just just having anything that like the Except whole for me country and has seen. Except for December yeah. babies. Except for Sagittarius. Exactly. But like, no, Brian makes a great point. Like, like how many things that we see that like like Tiger King is the closest I can think of recently, right? Which that, like, I also everybody saw it. But yeah, I think I think this also goes into my snobbery. Like, oh no, I'm explicitly not gonna see this movie because I know that I'm not gonna like it, and I know that and by everybody else loving it, it makes me want to see it less. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm saying, but everybody did fucking see it and like it was everybody talking about it for like a whole summer at least so how about this i'm looking up right now apparently the blue vhs was a blockbuster exclusive so they knew their fucking market they knew like oh blockbuster people they're really gonna like this movie that's crazy so if you bought it like to have as your own it was still black but if you rented it at blockbuster it was blue do you think people and i'm sure the answer I think the answer is yes. Do you think that people bought it and then were like, oh, I want to have the blue, and then they they would rent it anyway? Maybe. Yeah, but you wouldn't see the... Because didn't Blockbuster keep all of the actual VHSs behind the counter, and you just brought up the box, right? Depends on the era. Depends on... Eventually, they did that because they got so many more movies that it was just... But I think when this came out, it was still like you would just take the Blockbuster-looking case of it and then bring it to the top. Oh, so you could have opened it and been like, oh, shit, it's blue, and then closed it. Part of the appeal, like, why that would be so cool is if you were at the wall in blockbuster and you would have opened it you'd have been like holy shit no because i remember renting it and not knowing till i got home that it was blue oh feels like a weird choice then cool. like why, why bother sure yeah. <laughs> but i would still if i bought a copy of this i would buy the blue one yeah like you're both you're both thinking like it's so cool but like if you don't see it until you get home like what's the point like it's not viral marketing you know why it? bother joey you want me to answer your question because you're still talking about it 20 years later 100 <laughs> percent I'm still ma- I still remember it, yeah. I wonder if you can go eBay, dude, where's my car blue VHS? If you can buy Yeah. On sure you eBay. found it on eBay? Two VHS lot no, it's just everybody's just hold on, let me see if, instead of uh, blockbuster VHS, let's see this. Because I see a lot of blacks available, but not a lot of the blue. Because yeah, I think I don't it was think, rare. I don't know. I've seen some Google images of it, but not for sale. Because uh, the re release is clearly a black VHS because they didn't care at that point. Let's watch the trailer. If you guys are ready, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good for it. Okay, go ahead. Whenever you're ready, give it. All ahead. right, three, two, one, play. 
I can't imagine how frenetic this is. It already is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's super fast. Oh, I forgot about all of his skateboard stickers and stickers. It's like, it reminds me of Brian's uh, room in The Racer's Edge. can't remember a thing. They can't remember a thing. There's Christy Boner. Oh, it is. Just like Letty. See? What? She definitely slept oh, with him. I'm about the whole thing. And they're like, no. Well, no, they talk about like how he felt her. They, she, he paid her five hundred dollars for her to show him her boobs. Like that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they slept together, but like, you know. She said she saw the back seat. That was the That's big implied. deal of the trailer. You were like, oh shit. Yep. Oh, so oh, God. the, the transphobia is in the trailer. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't oh, really talk a lot too. about the homophobia, like the two. Like, oh, they're gay, they're twins, haha, -ha, they're German. He doesn't know anything. Yeah. Okay, they get kidnapped in oh, the van. Oh, Marilyn Rice Cub. Shout out to Marilyn Rice Cub. She's wonderful. From Mr. Oh, Show. Oh, yeah, that's right. From a lot of things. People might also know her, I think, as Chloe on 24, but she's done a lot of things that are, like, way, way funnier. I don't know why. Perhaps She's wonderful. They keep mentioning like how those girls have like very large fake breasts, and they don't. <laughs> Throughout the movie, they're like constantly commenting on them. Joey, I, I don't think you're gonna appreciate this, but Joe, too, I'm gonna give you a little lesson in <laughs> anatomies of, of what? <laughs> well, people liked. So in that era, it was like, oh, skinny women with like this. But, like, lately, that's not the case. People like a curvy lady. I'm not agreeing with it or, or not agreeing with it. I'm not putting my, you know, opinion on what it is, whatever. But the aesthetic, sadly and not appropriately, the aesthetic of what is hot has changed exponentially. I'll just leave oh, it at that. Sure. I can't believe you said that entire thing over the tattoo scene. The one thing I'm surprised that we don't have in the trailer is the and then. Like, there's no and then in here, which that's I was surprised. Yeah, that well, true. they saved the good jokes, Joey. Come but, on. But Dude yeah. and Sweet is definitely in the trailer. Oh, there's a lot yeah. of Dude and Sweet. If the two of you woke up with Dude and Sweet tattoos on your back, would you laugh or be disappointed? Oh, no, I would be wildly disappointed. I would, I would laugh. I would be so angry. <laughs> I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> Even if it was, like, on my, like, arm. Like, if I got, it, like, like, Dude and Sweet tattooed down my forearms, and I woke up with that, I'd be like, oh, man, that was a terrible I would decision. give anything for you guys to wake up on your back for just well, Dude and have, Sweet tattoos. Well, we have now... Brian, there's yeah. like an ongoing Joe is wrong world tour where yes, yes. laps and laps ago, I was like, hey, we should get Too Fast, Too Forever, Infinity Symbol tattoos. I'll make this. This will be my first tattoo. It'll be great. And Joe says, no, fuck Infinity Symbols. I'm never putting one on my body. No. Bad idea. Yes. Never. It's like the most basic tattoo So I bring ever. it up like a month ago, or he brings it up a month ago, like, oh, that'd be a cool tattoo. I was like, no, 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 no. You can't just, like, this is not your idea. I posed this to you like a year ago, and you said it was dumb. You're like, I don't remember this. And we've had like three different people email him like, oh, no. Here, basically all but like, here's the timestamp of when you said it was a bad idea. But they're like, it was this episode, it was this conversation, you said it was dumb, and like, finally... Yeah. In all the dumb arguments we've had on the show, it's the one where we have like a definitive, like, one way or the other, like, we have an answer. I was wrong, for sure. I definitely was very against it at the beginning, and I'm very for it now. And I am, so, yes. I have given up that ghost. And now, so like, now, you know, that's explicitly why, like, if my first tattoo was a dude or a sweet tattoo, I would be like, what the fuck? No, just stop it. No. That's fair. If it's your first tattoo, it's a different story. But right. like, if it's 
One of your tattoos. I would only regret this if I got it after the movie came out. If I got it now, it would be funny <laughs> to me. But if I would have, ha- like, if I would have lived through the time where, like, this was really funny, and then now it's people were like, "What does that even mean?" You know, like you like have like TikTok kids asking you what this tattoo means. I'd be like, "Oh God, I feel <laughs> so old and weird now." And also, the movie like obviously doesn't hold up well. No. Yeah. So I, would I don't be, think like, we hit on that uh, enough here. If this was a whistle thinking episode, that's what. It all would be about. This movie is not a great 2020 movie. It's homophobic. It's sexist. There are so yeah. many bad things in this film. Looking at that, if you got the tattoo more recently, you'd be like, I, I wouldn't be as disappointed in myself because the tattoo is so stupid. Honestly, I if, I, if I was at a party with you and you took your shirt off and it said dude on your shoulders, it would make my year. <laughs> it really would. I would see that. But, oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> Exactly, but only to like the people that would be like, "Oh, you remember?" It, it would have to be kind of fresh. Like if it was like really worn, and you'd no, be like, then I'd be like, "What happened, dude?" Yeah, you'd be like, "Bro, did you really like that movie like that hard back in the day?" And you'd be like, uh, yeah, man, it was kind of my favorite." You'd be like, oh. <laughs> "All right, it's time for the letterbox game." So Brian, you might Brian, do you know okay. how the letterbox game works, or are you new to the letterbox game? I've kind of brought some of it to Brian, I think, a little bit. This is going to quiz ways. Brian's uh, literacy with the show. If he's been, if he's fallen behind, or if he's up to date. I, I know how it works. I've never played it. We'll put it that. Okay. Way. For reference sake, Mad Max: Fury Road, possibly the most popular film on Letterbox, has been seen has been logged six hundred nine thousand times. Six oh nine, six hundred nine thousand times. Dude, where's my car? From two thousand, directed by Danny Laner, starring Ashton Kutcher, Sean William Scott, and Jennifer Garner, has been seen how many? times. Brian, you can have first guess because you already guessed. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, no, this is a stupidly impossible game. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the whole point. I never it's played. under 609,000. That's the that's the scale that you use. And higher than one, which is what I, you know. Yeah. 140,000 times. 140. Okay. Joe? I'm going to go I'm going to go 75,000. Lower than both. What? Cuz it's cuz it's rated too, Brian. You have to remember it's like they logged that they saw it. So this this movie came out way before Letterbox existed, so somebody had to revisit it and say, "Also, I watched this." Okay, so what's the amount? Tell me. No, no you gotta, um, you gotta guess again. Go you gotta guess again. Forty-three thousand. Forty-three thousand. Oh, Brian, what's your guess? Joe said seventy-five, so it's under seventy-five. And Joe said forty-three this time. Twenty thousand. Higher than both, so between forty-three and seventy-five. One more guess. Fifty-two. Uh, sixty-three. Brian is closest, but he did go over fifty-nine six five four. Letterbox just rounds to sixty thousand. Sixty thousand people have logged dude where's my car on letterboxd that that's that's crazy because if like this kind of movie with this popularity comes out today a lot of people would have logged it yeah but like to to joe's point it's like they have to basically since whenever letterboxd was created which is back in like i I think i started an account didn't really start using it like in 2014 maybe so it's been around for a while but not 2000 like people have to go back and actively watch this movie and like review it right so it's not like log it yeah i've been discussing actually movies from 2000 a lot like just talking with friends because it was a huge very impactful for me but also a huge year for movies i guarantee the top 10 movies that people know today dude was my car was probably watched more than a lot of the movies that people think associate with 2000 there's actually adjacent to this show and adjacent to your show and adjacent to what i'm about to talk about but walt hickey of numlock news 
had a guy on his like he he wrote mm-hmm. about this thing but he also had like a long form thing on sunday this guy i don't remember what the, what the website is but there's a website out there that like they were quizzing people on their music comprehension from the 70s 80s 90s and 2000s and they're trying to figure out like which generations but not doing to your point brian the most popular songs or the most popular in this case movies but the actual top 10 songs of each year and so the the songs that charted in that year if people recognize it like if they're like because you could you could mark one of like five things like i know this song and i love this song like i'm singing along i'm pretty sure i know it, but i don't know the words it kind of sounds familiar i don't know this or i've never heard this in my life like there's like a scale right okay the whole point of the thing was like what songs actually stay in the cultural conversation and what just drop off altogether and i think to your point like there are movies that like were blockbusters back then that like everybody in the world saw but like nobody thinks about anymore and then movies like this that maybe weren't as successful but people that still stick around for like forever. dumb yeah. quotes and what if we were just like all mathematical brained we'd be like oh the number one movie of 2000 is going to be the movie that everyone remembers the longest but that's definitely not the case some things translate so much more in culture than other things there's like the moment in time you're living in and the stay power of other films and mm-hmm. i'm fascinated with that yeah you know what year is it 2020 right like we've had yes. a lot of 20th anniversaries of things one of them is almost famous which came out in 2000 okay almost famous now is like almost famous when it came out great okay not only for economy awards but Almost Famous Now is in a lot of people's top five favorite movies. I guarantee you, in 2000, Almost Famous, people knew Dude, Where's My Car more than Almost Famous. As crazy as that is. Probably. That's like the plain example to me of how time changes things. And in terms of like, my cousin who's like 25, if I have told him, oh, do you know this movie, Dude, Where's My Car? They'd be like, yeah, I saw that once. Do you know this movie, Almost Famous? Yeah, like one of the greatest movies of all time. That's how it is. But in 2000, it wasn't like that. No, Dude, Where's My Car was everywhere and nobody knew it. I mean, like, it Almost Famous wasn't as famous. Yeah. <laughs> On Box Office Mojo, the domestic box office for the year 2000, in order, just quickly, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, number one, Mission Impossible 2, Gladiator, The Perfect Storm, Meet the Parents, X-Men, Scary Movie, what Lies Beneath, Dinosaur, and Aaron Brockovich, right? So, like, some big movies that's still around, but, like, nobody's talking about The Perfect Storm anymore. Nobody's really talking... Like, Gladiator is yeah. kind of just like a, oh, that's a great movie. But then if you look on Letterboxd, the most popular films are Memento, American Psycho, Requiem for a Dream, Gladiator, yep. and then, like, 7th or 8th is Almost Famous, right? So, like, it's a different ballgame. Like, the things that held up were... And again, this is to a very specific film nerdy kind of thing, like Christopher Nolan, the Christian Bale stuff, the Almost Famous, the first X-Men. Well, like Almost Famous is a bad example because I feel like it goes through both mainstream and Letterboxd people. But like, look at the top Letterboxd films. Were they even in the discussion in 2000? No. That's insane. Wow, I love that. Yeah. So now back to the Letterboxd game. Speaking of Letterboxd, so out of those 60,000 people who have logged this movie on Letterboxd, oh. average score 2.5, most common rating a 3, then a 2, then a 2.5, how many people out of those 60,000 have this in their top four favorite movies? <laughs> I got to go like 17. Okay. And Brian? I was going to go 40, but I feel well, weird. Well, Brian, now. stick with 40 because the answer is 38. 38 yes, people yes. have this yes, in their brother. top four. So now I found Quentin Martin at Mechorodzilla on Letterboxd. Mechorodzilla. Yep. Okay. So he has this in his top four of all time. Even though he only gave it four and a half stars, uh, he says he probably, hates movies. He hates probably life, my all-time favorite comedy. A lot of people overlook <laughs> this one. It's just one of those <laughs> shitty early two thousands comedies that has nothing really going on. I've watched this movie countless times and can tell you, there's much more going on than a casual viewer could possibly notice. 
Oh God! This is this is the stars. Rick and Morty. This is the Rick and Morty moment. You can't mm-hmm. understand the the nihilism and Rick's. Oh God! Basically. Okay, go ahead, continue. So in his top four, we have Dude, Where's My Car? Is his fourth favorite movie of all time. His top three, and I, I mostly picked this because the review. I was like, Oh boy, that is a good review. But the number one movie, Brian, is a movie you covered on the podcast you did with the Foodie Films man himself. Not a movie that Philip Seymour Hoffman has a huge role in, but has a noteworthy, memorable role, and he has worked with this director. He had worked with this director a handful of times. Interesting. Can you guess what this movie is? The point of this I is can't. not to guess he's top four, giving like weird, unhelpful hints. Uh, he worked with this director. I'm assuming it's a P.T. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, he, yeah, he, he wants to guess. He wasn't in a lot of the film. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know that he was in a it lot. It should of the film. be Boogie Nights, but the only film of P.T. Anderson. Well, it, it is Boogie Nights. So is, okay, does he have Boogie a bigger Nights. role okay. in Boogie Nights? I thought he had a smaller role in Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is so long that like he has at least like 40 okay. minutes on camera. So like in theory that's long, but like in the movie it's not. If that makes sense. So yeah, Boogie Nights. Fair. That makes that sense. Makes sense. So now, numbers two and three are both movies from the 80s. They're both kind of sort of action movies from the 80s. The number three movie was, Joey, there's no way you're going to remember this, but I talked about how when we did the best action movies of the 80s bracket, this was a movie that people, that this one guy in particular, got mad at us on Twitter for, for including, he's like, this is not action. He's like, whoever decides these movies, like, has to get their head checked or whatever. We're like... (laughs) Dude, why are you why are you gangbanging on bacon? Like, calm down. It's a fun thing. So this movie is not really an action movie. I think it's more a horror movie than an action movie. Is it the thing? It is the thing. I get real enjoyment out of people getting angry about stuff on the internet that like for no reason. Yeah. Like this guy's whole morning was ruined because you included the thing in a top action movies list. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. then the number two movie has what I will say, this is the only hint I'm gonna give for now, has the okay. best handshake in movie history i assumed this guy liked predator so i'm assuming that's it's predator it is predator are you okay good guess brian wow how did you why do you assume this guy liked predator because like the way thing you said 80s movies i forgot there was one thing you said that i'm like this dude probably likes predator yeah you knew it was an 80s action movie with the best handshake and like joe do you know the handshake i'm talking about before the handshake though what was the movie before it you said maybe just the fact that he's mecha rodzilla but yeah i don't know and the thing the thing was the thing the thing yeah you have like I, I kind of feel like I'm trying to put myself in this guy's shoes, and Predator felt exactly. Predator felt correct because, like, if you Predator is an awesome movie, but it's also funny as fuck. You know, if like you take it out of certain context, if you like Dude, Where's My Car, you're probably gonna not probably, but like I could see you liking Predator. Interesting line to draw, but I appreciate, it. I respect it. Thank you. Yeah, it works. Now the final thing we don't normally do this, but I I don't know how we can do Dude, Where's My Car and not play Dude, What's My Car. We don't normally okay. do these in the pit stops, but I think we have to. Like we can't. You not. have to. Come on. I assumed yeah, it was happening to. today. Yeah. Dude, what? My car. What? Your car, dude. So now, Brian, okay. do you want to help me give clues, or do you want to help Absolutely. Joe guess? Um, I love clue giving so okay send me that message on the side from jerry robinson rolling with car picks just says hey guys another car pick and he sends the picture so joe it is yellow and when i did a reverse image search i think i think it's a 2021 model so i think this is a brand new car okay it is it's certainly the style of a brand new car we'll put it that way it's certainly this decades of styling it is yellow like i said it is i think commonly referred to as a crossover suv okay barely it kind of looks like a bumblebee but not bumblebee 
a bumblebee, not bumblebee. So it's not a Camaro, but it kind of looks like a bumblebee or like a like a, a honeycomb maybe. Honeycomb. That's more okay. that's that's more accurate. Oh, can I can I guess what it is? Yeah. Yes. The Lamborghini Urus, the yeah, Oh the my Urus, god, the, the fastest. Urus. That was insane. Yeah. You got that correct. Oh Does my god. Does that have an iconic honeycombing? He said crossover SUV and then the honeycomb part. Man, I And am, it's new. I think I'm getting too good at this game is what I is what I'm you know, you might be getting the clues right, but like uh, That's why you need your guests to just say the clues. Not necessarily me, but you need someone to be like, uh like imagine a Kate Hudson who's like, It's yellow, there's black <laughs> in it you know? Like like, like that's what you need more. Joey, you're too good at this game. You're right. That was good though. No, because I was like, this is like an iconic car. It's new. Crossover SUV. Lamborghini yellow. Come on, they're always in yellow. And then the honeycombing thing, that's what I thought of too. This goofy ass grill. And then the back looks kind of weird too. So in February I bought a new car. Okay. Congratulations, Mazel Tov. So you want to guess that quickly? If you describe it to me. Yeah, sure. describe it. Well I'll send I'll send Joey the picture. Okay. Or no, I'm gonna guess with you. Okay, okay. Oh. You, both, you both can guess. Okay. Is it a new car? Or did you? Is it new to you? No, 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 it's it's a new. Well, we got we got the 2019, so technically not 2020, but still. Okay, okay. But it's still okay. like a, you got a new car. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what what country is it from? Is it American or is it not American? It's not American. That's all we're getting. Yes or no okay. questions. Let's go. Yes or no questions. Well, you know the 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 one rule is that you give us the the country it is. Fine, Japan. Is it a sedan? Is it or it, is it is it like a four door sedan? It does have four doors. Yes. Is it a hatch? Does uh, it have a hatch? So this is this yes technically, but barely, <laughs> but barely. I'll put it that way. Joe, now I now I know how terrible my answers are sometimes. Like because I'm just like, oh, that's not helpful at all. But okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> it is technically yeah. a hatch. Like that is not a typical trunk. Like I had a hatchback that was a real hatchback. For it. I had yeah. I'm not gonna tell you because that'll lead to it. So never mind. Okay, it's a Japanese car. Yes, like like if hatch. I push a button, a whole door comes up, not just a trunk. Is lid. it is it just a Civic, like with the goofy trunk? It is not a Civic. No. Is it a Honda? It's a Honda though. No. Is it a Hyundai? No, Hyundai is Hyundai Korean or Hyundai? Hyundai, Hyundai is Hyundai. Korean, so yes, wrong country. Is it a Toyota? It is a Toyota. Is it a Corolla? <sighs> okay, so not technically by name. <laughs> no, no, no. In some countries, it is a Toyota. That's why I say. It. Sorry, in some countries, it is a Corolla, but not here. Is it a Yaris? No. Wait, do you okay. know there was an Xbox? I think the original Xbox, or maybe Xbox 360 game called Toyota Yaris, where like it was just like a free branded content that is like one of the absolute worst video games I've ever played. Like to the point where like they gave it away for free and people were still angry. They're like, this game sucks. <laughs> Wow. So fuck a Toyota Yaris. Um, so it's a Toyota Corolla, but not quite a Corolla. Toyota. So what in is, what is in a some Corolla that's not a Corolla. In some countries, is it Jimmy is it... Kimmel. That's a Man Show reference. What's, what's going on? <laughs> in, so, in some countries, it's another version of the Corolla, but in the United States, they market it as a different model. Is it still marketed as a Toyota? Yes, a hundred percent. Okay. But in in Scion days, it might be a Scion looks wise. So it's like a TC. I mean, it's not, but. <laughs> Yeah. I know what you mean. I don't know what the other Toyota is besides a Corolla. Toyota Avalon? No, that's a Honda Avalon. Is Toyota Avalon? There is, but that was a big one. I'm assuming it's smaller. Well, he said he didn't say that he... I I said it's a four-door sedan. He just said it's four doors. Is it a sedan or is it bigger than a sedan? No, no, it's not bigger than a sedan. It's four doors. If four doors qualifies for you as a sedan, sure. Well, I mean, like, you could have, like, a four-door SUV. Like, I thought you were maybe being cute about, like, oh, no, it has four doors, but it's actually an SUV. No, okay, so it's, like, what the car technically is is a little bit ambiguous. Is it a Transformer? Yes. Oh, you got it, right? (laughs) 
No. I don't know. What's the other one that's not like what's what is a Toyota? What the that's not a Corolla. There's still Corollas, but I know in some countries they release it as like a special Toyota, but not in the United States. Okay. Uh, so so I'm reading. I'm reading the Wikipedia article, and I was completely right. If Scion still existed in North America, they were planning to release this car as a Scion. Joe, haven't we done Scions on the show before? Like, haven't we had the same kind of yeah. conversation? We had the TC because that's what the kid had when you came and we had Korean barbecue. 2018 oh, is the first year. Bronx Beast. What um, is it? I don't know. But 2019, like my edition and the editions going forward were like, it looked a little bit different. We'll put it that way. Have we seen commercials for it or is it kind of an under the radar one? I rented it one day in Florida. I'm like, I like this car. I would guess Yaris or Corolla. It's not a Camry. No, Toyota CHR. I've never heard of that. CHR. 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 Can you put a picture in in Discord? CHR. Of my particular car? No, no, you have your car, but just a car, a picture of it. I'm going to try to find what what mine looks like. So it's technically the smallest crossover. Oh, it's kind of like a crossover. Okay, so that's maybe why it came up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Googled Toyota CHR. I'll I'll send what mine looks like specifically in the Discord. So I wouldn't call this a sedan. I would call this a crossover SUV. That's why I was like a little bit, uh, you know. Mm. Oh, cool. I still, I mean, I still never heard yeah, of a CHR. It's like a small but... SUV type thing. Okay. Yeah. It's very small though. Like, any if I were to be like, oh, I got an SUV, people would be like, fuck you, you know. No, it's, cr- like, it's called a crossover <laughs> for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it reminds me of like the, the same class size as a Honda CRV. That like they were like small SUVs, like actually small SUVs. Like this car is shorter, we'll put it, than like that for sure. Like it's like you know. That's interesting, and they brand this as a as a type of Corolla in other places. In some countries, yeah, because like it's essentially if they took a Corolla body and were like added a hatch to it. Yeah, like we're like fuck it, you know, because the hatch is not like like we used to have a Matrix, and that was like yes. legit hatchback. But then we turned yeah. in our Matrix for this, and it's great for the city. This is the natural progression of the matrix right like <laughs> same cat, same car it. different car same cat yeah same cat. car exactly they changed the name and it's the same thing here we go this is the color scheme i got nicole and i got we'll say she chose it oh Boom. i like the i like the white with the black roof that's really cool does it yeah. have a panorama roof or is it just a regular roof? no no it's just a black roof don't worry okay cool we're not it's we're not cool, that though. baller yeah is your license plate shibby oh how'd you know <laughs> well so brian today <laughs> as this episode comes out is friday the 7th what episode of your podcast? So this past Monday was Joe 2's episode, the oh. Lifetime Babysitting Movie. What episode is today? What episode comes out today on Friday the 7th? What can people, as soon as they've done it with over here, tune over to the other one? So I was going to say, Joe 2, you yeah. were on the Monday episode for Babysitting Mondays, and we talked about Babysitter's Black Book. It doesn't really matter what the title is, because we talked a Lifetime film. And <laughs> Joe, when you bring Lifetime films, we have such a good time, and I suggest you guys watch it, but if you don't watch... Joe, you're so passionate that, like, it's one of these episodes that, for example, I listen to some, like, toy collecting podcasts. I don't collect toys. But exactly. when I listen, they're so descriptive yeah, that I'm collect, into it. You collect figurines. There's a difference. No, I don't collect anything, really. They're minerals, because, Marie. Because my yeah, wife won't let rocks. me. My wife doesn't let me collect things. Regardless. <laughs> this is something where I think that anyone who's maybe into this podcast, who really likes you, Joe, too, listens to that episode on High School Burger, oh, yeah. they're like, it's a Joe 2 hype podcast, so I love it. <laughs> and it's a fun movie, too. It wasn't a bad one. Oh, God, uh, Baby the movie Black was Bo- good. Wait, we, we had a really fun to- time talking about it. 
our friend, our friend of the show, Christian Larson, was watching it last night, sending us pictures of him watching it. <laughs> oh, that's what he was watching, dude. Yeah, I was so tired. I'm like, what the fuck is Larson sending us? <laughs> no, it's screenshots of him watching Babysitter's Black Book because right. they were I, in the bed together. I got to message him back and be like, oh, that's awesome because I really <laughs> did not remember. I was like, what is Larson talking about? It's okay. He listens to this podcast. He'll accept this as an apology. I'm sure. No, 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 Larson. I apologize. I really oh, was I knew like exactly what it was, buddy. I did not remember. I was like, "What did you talk?" So I bring it up too. But I'm glad you brought him up. Christian Larson is actually my guest for next Friday, oh, wow. a Friday from now, for a movie that you guys are gonna love, and I think you're gonna cover because you kind of hinted at me. Christian Larson and I talk Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill, Ooh. which is an awesome film, a big car film. You guys definitely need to check that out. Yeah, well, whenever we do our next classic car lap, kicking it old school. Part two, that is definitely on the short list to be covered, but that's not next year, I can tell you that much. I love Larson, and multiple people have said he's one of the favorite guests that I have on, Ooh, because he's like so that. knowledgeable. This Friday, today, if you're looking at the Cage Club Podcast Network, we're talking about a movie that pretty much has zero crossover with you guys. It's The Kissing Booth 2, Netflix <laughs> film. <laughs> I mean, because- it is... It has a crossover in that it is wildly longer than the first installment in the movie. <laughs> we mentioned it a little bit earlier on, so I'm glad we actually brought it up again. I forgot that that's this Friday's episode, but it's two hours and 12 minutes. It's a sequel to the original Kissing Booth. But I say in the episode, and I'll say it now, we don't get Netflix streaming teen movies if the Kissing Booth 1 is not a success. So anyone who wants to shit on the Kissing Booth, fuck you for not wanting any streaming movies. I'll put it that so way. So now, Brian, I'll ask one more question. Is Monday's episode, which will be a babysitting movie, is that mine or is that not mine? Yes, it is. So just want to mention that Shawnee Mead is our guest on The Kissing Booth 2. But Joey Lewandowski, you are the guest on the final Babysitting Monday of High School Slumber Party. Wow. The Babysitter. Okay. The finale, Dude, you got this it. This is a fucking two weeks, right? Jeez. I'm so giving I you my programming, off, I baby. It up. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Damn. You want Everybody. me to give you all my August programming? Because I got it. <laughs> no, I think no. that's good. I think this episode's already long enough, but we're good. We have to now announce our August programming next week, Joe. You and what? I, this is a week I was saying when we announced this week that I was worried about this movie. Again, overblown. It's fine. 80 minutes. You know, didn't like it, but didn't hate it. Whatever. Yeah, but it's not bad. Next week, a week I am very much looking forward to. We have our first themed week in the Missing Pieces lap. Again, not Michelle Rodriguez movies, but we are covering next week two movies from the same director, two Paul Verhoeven movies, RoboCop and Total Recall. Ooh. And Brian, you talked about very recently in your podcast, last Friday as this comes out, and Joe, I mentioned it on this Tuesday's episode, the movie Society is a very kind of oh yeah you did Cronenbergian creature feature some very some Verhoeven stuff in there there's some Total Recall adjacent kind of things like practical effects gross out creep out stuff so kind of keeping it great I'm very excited to see both RoboCop and Total Recall again the originals of both do not watch the remakes I didn't hate I didn't the new RoboCop I don't think I've ever seen them like I've I've never seen them like not with you oh know my with my dad watching it on TV so oh my god. <laughs> They are both yeah. great. I'm excited, yeah. Robocop is wildly violent, pulpy, so, like, on purpose. But, yeah, yeah. Verhoeven is great, so I'm very, very excited to do both Robocop cool. and Total Same. Recall next week. Two more Missing Pieces-themed movies. Brian, thank you so, so, so very much for supporting us on Patreon, number one, TooFast2Forever.com. Part owner 
of the Too Fast Too Forever <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess over. you know. That's, again, one way you could uh, say it. We we should podcast for pink slips one day. Oh God. Podcast for pinks. How would one win? It makes no sense, but whatever. Oh, you 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 run high school summer party now. I guess I don't have a podcast anymore. It's like, oh, I don't I don't want that. (laughs) You know, not not that I don't love your show, but I don't want the extra work. That seems like that seems terrible. You could sell it. You could sell it to someone who's interested. Sell to the highest bidder. Okay. Christian Larson, do you want to run a high school slumber party? Then race me for pink slips. (laughs) I'm challenging you. No, you podcast for pinks. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Podcast for pinks. Or race for pods. Pod that's what I call pod. Oh, we could pod race. That's the Mike yeah. Manzi Dream Show. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. <laughs> oh, I'm His aware dream of show. it. Okay, so yeah. it's out there. The Mike yeah. Manzi Dream Show is a pod racing show. Although he did accidentally send me an email today meant for a different Joey, apparently. I don't know how many Joeys he knows, but he sent me an email today. That he sends emails to regularly. <laughs> What did it say? What did it say? Tell us. It was another podcast, one that we've talked about that he wants to do, the Monster Club podcast. And he sent, like, logos, I guess, that maybe somebody's going to design a logo or something. But I don't know, man. He's got ideas. He's got things. He's got buns in the oven if buns are podcast ideas. I don't know. I'm excited for that one. Uh, that's, uh, I think Dan Colon's supposed to be the co-host of that one. That's what I've I, heard. That's what the, 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 the water cooler talk is all about. That's what the rumor is. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. Mike Manzi, he is the expert of monster movies, so waiting for that. But, Brian, thank you so much for... Again, supporting us, for giving us this movie to watch, and for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. I'll be back on yeah, again, dude, though I'll great. be I'll be more of a co-host when you, the next one comes along. I won't spoil it, but I'm excited for that one as well. Yeah, so are we. Cool. Same, brother, same. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, and High School Slumber Party, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page, like Brian has so generously done, at Too Fast, Too Forever.com, and come back next week for both RoboCop and Total Recall, two wonderfully weird and delightful and good movies. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out. Peace out. So always more to cut. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>